come, Diana. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. One day, you will become all that you dream of and more, and everything will be different. Episode 361. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. And uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Joker here, the clown prince of crime, and you're listening to my least favorite podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Yes, this week we are talking 100% about the new movie release dropped in theaters and HBO Max simultaneously. This is unprecedented territory we're in. We're talking about Wonder Woman 1984, and we are joined, of course, by Jake. Jake, welcome, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We're also joined by, uh, man, it's been a long time since we had her on. We had her last had her on for Captain Marvel, Ashley DeRiveter. Welcome back, Ashley. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I promised you that this. I, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> doesn't it like feel when it comes out? We'll, we'll talk about it one point in the future. <laughs> if and when this movie comes out, you are guaranteed a slot. And it's like it's like this movie. Can you believe it? I I, I think I remember that this movie wasn't supposed to be released in November of 2019. I could be wrong, but I feel like this is supposed to be. Feels like it's November 2019, and here we are. Um, yes, and also joined by uh, the queen of the leftover army from the Picard cast, Rebecca Daling. Thanks so much for having me talk about Wonder Woman 1984. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be jumping into full spoilers for Wonder Woman 1984, so this is your spoiler warning. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. All right, so if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. It's on HBO Max. Or go to the theater, I guess. I don't know. I guess they're still open some places. The closest theater to me is up two hours away. I wasn't going to do it. But I did make sure that I saw it the first time. Um, my sister has a projector, 
and uh with the surround sound and everything so that's how that's how i saw it i was like i'm gonna see this on the biggest screen possible on christmas day and i made sure to see it on a projector so it was the closest thing to a theater experience that i was going to experience that day because i'm not driving to Terre Haute, indiana two hours away no no not at all yeah, I just watched it on my on my regular, you know, 50-inch TV. Not quite the theater experience, but it's going to have to do this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else just watched it at home, I'm assuming? Yes, I did. Same. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to point this out, that before we get any further into this movie, one year ago in December, I was uh, letting listeners know that I had what I believed were Wonder Woman 1984 spoilers that were posted on uh, on Reddit. And, um, I sent them to you, Jake, and, uh, and, um, I sent them to a bunch of listeners that wrote in. And after the movie dropped, I, you know, I, I watched it, of course, and then I went back and I read them. And holy shit, they were 100% accurate, except for like the mid credit scene. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I thought that it was like the spoilers for the movie. But Jake, down to everything, down to everything in this movie, 100% accurate, these spoilers. Yeah, I searched my messages and found that myself, too, after watching it. And, yeah, it was pretty wild. And, you know, I guess you can't blame them with the mid credit stuff. That probably is what they got at the time. We, we know that stuff has changed last minute. Well, so. it was July of – I mean, they finished shooting this, I think, at, like uh, – uh, I can't, oh man, I can't remember when they finished it, but I know that they came back months later in July and did reshoots, and I'm guessing that's probably when they did this, when they did the mid-credits scene. Um, and then the mid-credits scene, when they showed this to, like, uh, the critics and things like that on December 15th, I think, um, they didn't get to see the mid-credits scene. So this is new. That uh, this this that whole scene is new for audiences when it dropped on HBO Max. That's really cool. I like that they don't get that out there because those things are so easily spo- like spoiled and spread all over the place when it comes to those mid credit in credit scenes. Absolutely. Synopsis for Wonder Woman 1984: Diana Prince lives quietly among mortals in the vibrant, sleek 1980s. An era of excess driven by the pursuit of having it all, though she's come into her full powers, she maintains a low profile by curating ancient artifacts and only performing heroic acts incognito. But soon, Diana will have to muster all of her strength, wisdom, and courage as she finds herself squaring off against Maxwell Lord and the Cheetah, a villainess who possesses superhuman strength and agility. This movie is directed by Patty Jenkins from a script she wrote with Jeff Johns and David Callaham, based on a story by Johns and Jenkins. It stars, of course, Gal Gadot as Diane, Pr- Diane Prince, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Chris Pine returning as Steve Trevor, uh, Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva slash Cheetah, uh, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, um, and I found this, there was an interesting quote here. Director Patty Jenkins has stated Pascal's performance as Lord was inspired by Gordon Gecko from Oliver Stone's Wall Street and by Gene Hackman's portrayal of Lex Luthor in Richard Donner's 1978 Superman film with Jenkins describing Lord as quote, a villain with potential to be dangerous and scary. So, and I also wanted to point out that Pedro Pascal starred in the 2011 pilot of Wonder Woman. Oh, wow. 
I actually reviewed this back in it's wild. <laughs> yep. I reviewed that. I reviewed that pilot. It came out in 2011, but I found a leak of it back in 2014 or 2015. And I actually reviewed it on an episode of PCL. Jake, you weren't on that episode, but I did review it. Um, it had leaked online and he played, pa- uh, Pedro played Ed Indelicato, a police detective who was Diana Prince's liaison to the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, the cast had Adrian Palicki playing Wonder Woman. She was from Friday Night Lights. She went on to do Aids and Ship Shield and now the Orville. Um, Tracy Toms played Etta Candy and then Justin Bruning played Steve Trevor. And uh, basically, Pedro Pascal basically thought after that didn't get picked up, they made they did the pilot and it didn't get picked up. He thought his career could be over. And here he is like full 180, uh, the main villain in Wonder Woman 1984. It's crazy. And one of the biggest actors out right now, you know, if you look at the Mandalorian and I think like, you know, things are only going to get better for Pedro Pascal. So I think things kind of worked out well for him that he wasn't remembered for the poor 2011 Wonder Woman. I saw it. It was not good. It was not what you want from a Wonder Woman show. It really wasn't. Um, some bad ADR, just a horrible modern telling of her story. And it was not good. If it's out there, it might be on YouTube. But I would at least watch it. It's one of those things I would recommend people at least watch one time. That way you know, yeah, we didn't miss out on much. And I love Adrian Palicki. I'm a huge Adrian Palicki fan. I loved her in Friday Night Lights. I think she's super talented. And uh, she looks great as Wonder Woman. She looked really good and uh, wearing the Wonder Woman uh, you know, costume and everything. But, man, that, that show is fucking terrible. Uh, we also got Robin Wright returning as uh, Antiope. Connie Nielsen as Hippolyta. Um, and I, w- I wanted to point out Amir Wakhead. He was in here. He's Jake, the dad from Rami, played Amir Saeed bin Abidos in this movie. And... I was just really thrilled to see that actor because I love him and Rami. Yeah, I didn't realize he was one and the same. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Wonder Woman 1984 has a budget of $200 million and a runtime of 151 minutes, and we're going to rate it. This is our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. I'm going to start off with Rebecca. Rebecca, rate Wonder Woman 1984. Uh all right, uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, most people who listen to this show have heard me talk about how much I love Wonder Woman, that she is my favorite character of all time. Um, the one I grew up watching, of course, uh, with the Linda Carter series. I'm also a huge fan of that first Wonder Woman movie with Gal Gadot. I absolutely adore that film and watch it many, many times. Um, so for me, this sequel, I was very scared. I was scared. I was nervous. I was excited. I was happy. I was worried. I was a lot of stuff for this sequel because I wanted it to live up to what was put out in that first movie. And I wanted it to be true to the characters. And I wanted it to be just pushing forward the Wonder Woman and Diana narrative. Um, I'm going to give this movie a middle-of-the-road taste it. I 
I Tupperwareed the first Wonder Woman movie. I uh, this movie to me uh, come up to that same level as that first Wonder Woman film. Um, there's definitely a lot that we could talk about that I did not like in this movie, um, but there's also enough in here that I did like that I know I will watch this movie again, and I think it's worth your time to at least give it one viewing. Um, so taste it from me. Taste it from Rebecca. So we're not going to get a Tupperware party this one. Uh, yeah, sorry. If I ruined it, I'm, I'm already sorry. But I've got to be honest. <laughs> no, that's – I mean I love – I'm a huge fan of just being – giving the honest ratings and – um, so I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Um, Jake, I want to hear from you next, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of right there with Rebecca. Wonder Woman's not my favorite character, but I, I had a very strong like for the first movie. I, I gave it a Tupperware. Um, it kind of waned how much I liked it on further viewings. I've probably seen it about half a dozen times now and I still like it quite a lot, but I, I don't love it as much as I did that initial viewing. It's like every time I saw it, I kind of picked it apart a little bit more and liked it a little bit less. Um, so going into this one, I, I was very curious how they could pull this off. It's, you know, one of the most highly anticipated comic book movie sequels, I think, of our lifetime here. And, yeah, they, they really didn't pull it off as well as they should have. It is also a middle-of-the-road taste-it for me. Um, I thought the story of this movie was just plain dumb as fuck. Um, and the only thing that kept it from being a toss it was the strength of the performances from all the actors in this movie. I think they really elevated what was a very bad script just in their chemistry during this movie. I, I hated the Maxwell Lord character. Um, his entire plot line was just very, very dumb to me. Um, <laughs> I didn't understand why there was really no consequences to his actions. That just kind of drove me drove me nuts. Um, I hated the relationship that they tried to pin between him and his son, and I thought that ended in possibly the wussiest way possible. Um, there was didn't seem to be any follow up to all the like, oh, I'm granting these wishes, and now I'm obviously having these headaches and these nosebleeds. Like it just seemed like there was no follow-up to any of the negative things that could happen to this character he did a lot of bad stuff and at the end of the day it felt like he was rewarded at the end of the movie and i just thought that was incredibly silly um the cheetah character also i i would have done things a little bit differently in how i presented this character but again i thought wig elevated a really poor screenplay and at least made it interesting um, and I'm right there with Rebecca. I, I don't think this is a movie to be skipped. That's why I'm definitely going to taste it. If you're a fan of the first one, you definitely should check this out. But just don't have the highest hopes. There is a lot of problems and a lot of tropes. And I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of that stuff in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to taste it. Um, Ashley. Well, man, it seems like we're going to have <laughs> maybe a taste it party. <laughs> uh I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat, and I'm so bummed out about that, right? Like, I, uh, I, seeing the trailers come out, you know, I, I was trying to get hype for it, but there was just something that was kind of like holding me back, and I had some reservation about the movie after it kept getting pushed back. I was just trying to avoid any new trailers. Like, that was one thing I kind of got bummed out about. A lot of like the, the pieces 
that uh, you could tell were already like put in all of the trailers because I keep having to extend the marketing campaign kind of uh, release things that I didn't want to uh, I didn't want spoiled so I just felt like I had already seen a lot of parts of it um, I love the first one so much too like Gal embodied Wonder Woman in a way that brought the character to life for me um, and and while I was always a fan you know of Wonder Woman she she really uh, just personified that and, and I think she continued to do that here uh, sometimes she would just walk out and you're just like struck by just like not only her beauty and presence but like that's Diana Prince right like there's Wonder Woman on the screen right there and I, I I will always commend her for that I think some of the other characters agreed uh, with Kristen Wiig um, I think Chris Pine as well I think they did what they could do uh, with with the uh, script, but but again, the, it seemed like they were shooting for the stars and had w- all these plot lines and all these pieces they were trying to go together, and some of them by the end of it just didn't quite come together for me and didn't quite make sense. Um, and and lastly, I'm I'm such a I'm such a fan of the warrior Wonder Woman, right? Like her getting in there, sword and shield, to see her kind of 180 with this and I again I see kind of where Patty Jenkins was trying to go with trying to make her this diplomat and this love over fighting um, kind of new elevation and maturity with Diana but I still uh, still miss some of that aggression and that uh, her being proactive in fights right not just being the one who's always just looking to disarm and, and, and be defensive so to taste it for me as well Wow. Yeah. Uh, we got the taste that's going on <laughs> for this one. Um, I, I, I'm going to need a cleanup on aisle 84 because this movie is messy. Oh my God. It is messy. And there are, th- I loved the first movie so much. I loved it so much. And I will never go back on that. I have not waned on that. I, I can still get chills when I see the no man's land scene and, and just like how the characters presented. And I know she's like a lot more naive back then. And she's more, I guess, more world weary by the time we meet her in this movie. But the characters changed a little bit since we've seen her in 70 years. But I mean, I, oh man, let me talk about the things I loved. Let me. I loved the the action sporadic. We don't get as much action as I would have liked in this movie for two and a half hours. Um, I loved the Egyptian convoy scene. I thought the action was tremendous in that. I loved the her lassoing the bullet to save to, to save Steve. I thought that was fucking awesome and. I, I, and I love Steve Trevor in this movie. It's like the funniest parts in this movie are with Chris Pine. I thought Chris Pine was fantastic. Um, my biggest problem is kind of like I, I line up with Jake. It's, it's, it's too, the script. It's just too ambitious. And I, I blame the, the story written by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns here. I think like the original writing team that for the, for the first film, was far superior when they had um, it was Alan Heinberg and Jason Fuchs on that one and I think it was just much better and I think I don't know I just think that I think Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns writing the screenplay on this one it just it, it was it was kind of um, hampered by the fact that it was so ambitious and I don't think that this movie should have had two main villains 
and if you if you do have two main villains, then your main villain should be Max Lord, and your second villain should not have been Cheetah. And that I mean, you you're, you're getting Wonder Woman's greatest villain, and her story is trimmed down here so much, and like there's so many things that they trimmed out of her story, and I know that they've gone with different versions of Cheetah in the comics. There's been like, you know, I couldn't even tell you how many Cheetahs there's been in the comics. There's probably been, there's like Cheetah from Earth 2. There's like three or four or five different Cheetahs in the main universe. But, I mean, I think if 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 we would have had another movie, because like Cheetah's a very fucking cool character and it's her main villain and I feel like she was so shortchanged in this one. If you, If we had like just the story of like how she was raised by like this community that's almost like a cult and and raised that you know she just everything they viewed everything as in life as like a hunt and 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 people were their prey and everything was a competition and in the comics she meets Wonder Woman and she's obsessed with Amazonian culture and to, and to be in the presence of an Amazonian was just like awesome for her and they have like this really kind of like odd friendship for a while that's formed in the comics and then they don't see eye to eye later on down the road and then Minerva wants to take her down um, and it's just a really great story that I think that they totally missed the boat on here in this and I think fans of you know Cheetah were robbed in this film for it to kind of like take precedence with um, Maxwell Lord's character who, I mean, as far as I know, isn't a main Wonder Woman villain to begin with. So, I just... Oh, I, I, um, I did love the scenes with Wonder Woman and how she, you know, when she cares for people and and sometimes in this movie, there, there's some great examples in this movie of like, you know, like like um, the Egyptian convoy scene where she rips the steering wheel out of the out of the vehicle and she tells the the driver that the brakes still work. Like she doesn't want to kill the guy; <laughs> she just she just wants to put him out of commission so that he can't be in the convoy. So she doesn't want to kill any. And I love that. I love that about the character. And then also like the scene in the White House where she is, you know, they're fighting the guards and. And getting ready to fight the guards and Steve pulls out a sword like he's gonna fucking start like like mowing like mowing like mowing through guards. And I thought for a moment there, I'm like, oh my god, I what the fuck? He's pulling out a sword. Like a sword's purpose is to stab and kill. And um I loved it. Wonder Woman's basically like, you know, put that away. Like these people are kind of like under Lord's, you know, spell here or whatever. Like we're not, I don't know that we're not trying to kill anybody. And like, I think like stuff like that, I loved. Um, and it was like stuff like that, like that's sorely missing in like the man of steel movie and the, and the Batman V Superman stuff. But there is some weird stuff where like her love for, for people kind of like makes a scene weird and awkward and I'm going to go over this one last point and then we can kind of like open up this whole movie and you guys can like dissect what I've said and we can dissect what I, what we all think about this movie. But the scene, and I know I'm jumping ahead quite a bit, but the scene where Minerva gets electrocuted by the cables at the end of the movie, it's super awkward because she, she's like, 
begging Minerva to renounce her wish. She does it. And then she keeps saying, like, I'm sorry that I have to do this. And then, like, she gets electrocuted. And in the moment, it feels like she fucking killed Barbara Minerva. And Barbara Minerva's even sinking down. Like, she's dead. There's no repercussions for that. Like, like literally, like, what happens is she just rescues her. She's like, phased stunned for like 30 seconds and that's it and it was just the oddest series of events that i had seen in that and in that in that end fight which i think was too fucking short number one uh and some of the action was a little hard to follow but it was too short it should have been a much longer battle especially for her battle with cheetah but uh, overall, I'm going to give this a low taste it. Um, I've waffled between taste it and low taste it. Never, never did I think it was a complete toss it. Um, there's still some great stuff in here that I, I, you know, some stuff that I didn't even go over um, that will unpack a little bit more that I really love that I think saves it from being, you know, a toss it, of course. But um I don't know. Do you guys have any? So it's a low taste it for me. We can kind of like go from here. Um, if you guys, if I said anything or if anybody said anything that we kind of like want to get into a little bit more, we can go from there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, and I'm sorry I didn't say it earlier, but Jake, um, I completely agree with you with the no consequences stuff. Like a movie, um, and, and, and we are in full spoilers. So at the end of the movie where, he, you know, I renounced my wish, and I'm okay. Uh, and then apparently Minerva does as well. Um, Barbara Minerva does as well because we see her as human again. And then he's like reunited with his son, and it feels like a very happily ever after for everybody. And I'm like, so no one's going to jail? Yeah. Nobody's uh, getting arrested here. People aren't knocking on. Excuse me, Mr. Lord. Uh, yeah, you brought people in from overseas without passports. Can we talk about that for a minute? There were zero consequences to anybody's bad actions. It was so bizarre, and it really just was like, blah, for me. I hated that. Uh, <laughs> he finds the sun. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. I, there's, there's multiple scenes where we see Maxwell being a terrible father too and doing terrible things and saying terrible things in front of his son and that's just like oh wash my hands of that we're a happy father and son again like i maybe it's just as tropey but maybe the son could have not loved his dad by the end of it because of the things his dad did and it was too late or the son could have died because of what he did or he could have gone to jail or he could have been killed and we could have seen the sun reflecting on that it was like the safest make no sense ending for that character they possibly could have done i do yeah, have like he, he oh, runs and finds his son and he's like oh, oh thank god that's over and then just like walk away and you're like uh literally like you caused like a nuclear like war right like <laughs> you caused all the all from nuclear war to like that poor woman who like died of a heart attack because <laughs> that guy was like i hope you dropped dead right like that was the full gamut of what we were dealing with here and everybody's like oh man i guess i read all those wishes i made and it's all over and it's all good right like even 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 the electrocution right how does mm-hmm. wonder woman not get electrocuted in the water what is she also like <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I mean, she was supposed she was supposed to be she was supposed to be equally matched with Wonder Woman. That's what she wished for. Right. And but like Wonder Woman, who's wearing like this metallic suit, is not affected by this at all. But yet she is, and yet they've been going like toe to toe throughout this entire battle. I do have to point out though that I don't think that she renounced her wish. I think that she went back to her human form after Maxwell Lord after Maxwell Lord renounced his wish. So at the end of the day, I still think that she still might have her original powers because she didn't renounce her initial wish. That was like an add-on wish, apparently. That you from- know what? That's, a, that's an excellent point. You, you're absolutely right because her initial wish was she wanted to be like Diana. Yes, and, and uh, she, of course she she didn't know what that entailed. She just thought it meant I'm gonna I'm gonna look like a model now right. and be like sexy and cool and wear high heels all the time. But it gave her Wonder Woman powers. The all the cheetah stuff was like a secondary wish yes. from him as like a gift. Yeah, yeah. I don't and like you know we had that whole scene where she's like. You know, renounce your renounce it, and she's like, never. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's just so like you better take back your wish or else. Like, like literally, no, take this back to me. And she's like, okay, I electrocuted you. Now take a nap. I'll be back. This is, this is the whole time, right? The whole time. Can we also talk about? She's using her lasso, doing all of these crazy things, lassoing two guys at once. Like at one point in that one mall scene, like it splits and it gets two guys. And I'm like, did it split? Did it did it split or did she wield it in a way to where she put a knot in it and it broke off into two different directions? Sure. Magic lasso. Nodding everywhere. Whatever. I'm trying to figure that. I'm trying to make sense of that scene because yes, it fucking it looked like oh, it it sprouted a new limb. Like that's neat. I thought I I was trying to make sense of that, and I was like, okay, maybe she fucking wielded it so that it tied itself in a weird knot to where like part of it like branched out and. Because, like, there's no way to split that lasso, I would think. I love that theory because I couldn't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> it's like, what is happening with this? Well, right? also, like, that, that lasso could be 3,000 miles long or it could be 12 right. inches long. Like, it, it, it did. It's a it, magic lasso. It's a magic lasso. <laughs> and they really, like, you had to suspend all disbelief. In oh, yeah. This. You really oh, yeah. did. I mean, I, I get suspending disbelief for, for superhero movies. I do it all the time, but this is beyond bad. Let me, let me point, how she yeah. her laugh. let me point this out here real quick. We can get back to the lasso. I know the lasso talk is really fun, <laughs> but let me point this out and you'll see it the next time you watch it. The whole fight scene between Minerva and um, Wonder Woman at the end where she's gone full cheetah, they had, the people that the stunt actors that were doing that, the video footage and everything that they got was from Cirque du Soleil um, performers. And when you know that, and when you watch it, it looks like you're watching Cirque du Soleil. It is the, the way that they're flipping and the way that they're doing all this acrobatic stuff in the air. It looks like Cirque du Soleil stuff. And so like, the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, okay. And the second time I had this knowledge, when I'm watching it, I'm just like, I felt like I was watching Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> and it was, it was very, very weird. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, like, 
that scene, I, I kept waiting for her to use the lasso and just, just wrangle her up. Like, why, why, just like keep her arms in, just like hog tire, throw her on the side. Why are we having this fight? <laughs> like, use your lasso. I just didn't, yeah. I just, and also this armor that's like, that she's wearing, right? That like protected that ancient. Uh, Asteria. Amazon Asteria. From, right, Asteria, right? From like all these hundreds of dudes. And then like within seconds, uh, Cheetah's able to like basically break all of the wings. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, well, she wasn't that just regular men fighting Asteria? True. Here's the thing that didn't make sense to me about that is Asteria is wearing this armor. All the Amazonians are now going to Themyscira to be hidden away, but they had to leave one behind. And she's even referenced at the beginning of the movie. Um, we see like an Asteria statue. It's dedicated to her. And, you know, um, you know, Hippolyta is even talking about how, you know, she was a great warrior and stuff. Doesn't use her, but doesn't call her out by name. But we see a statue of Asteria. But anyway, they show us, they give us a flashback scene. She's showing Steve Trevor through the lasso, you know, Asteria basically, you know, taking on all these men. And she's got herself wrapped around like in a shell uh, while these men are attacking her. And, and Wonder Woman says, you know, I found the armor and I looked for Asteria, but I couldn't find her, but I found the armor. And the whole time I'm thinking, because we know what happens, Asteria, of course, is alive. I was thinking, like, so do these, like, so she survived. Like, how does she survive? And, like, did these men just keep attacking that suit until one by one they walked away giving up? Like, okay, we can't get in there. And by, you know, by the end of it, is there just, like, one guy, like, kind of, like, just half-assing, you know, just swatting it with a sword or something. He's like, okay, I can't, I can't break this. I'm out. <laughs> I just, wow, my wrists are so tired. I'm, I, I'm done. Everybody just walked away at the end and she, she lived. I was just like, like, how did the, I want to see how that whole scene played out. Cause all we saw was like the mass, the, the, all these men just attacking her and like not being able to penetrate. Like when, when was the dispersal? How did that look? <laughs> Those, that's a solid question. Thank you. It is. It is. Oh, I mean, there I are this a movie lot didn't of, do the. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was. I was just going to say that there are a lot of questions in this movie that the script is very fuzzy on. It's. It's sort of like, well, how did that happen? You know what? Don't that right now. You know what? Whatever. And and at some point, I I and maybe I'm an. But I, not understand why Steve Trevor's soul went into an entirely different person. I was very confused by that. And it's the monkey paw. It was just the, is that what just what it is? It's, yeah. it's the monkey paw. Being yeah. Monkey paw. And yeah. You look like Steve Trevor kind of thing. It was, I think it's a whole like, you know, you get, you get your wish, but you know, it also, but th- there's no acknowledgement of like the whole guy, like his life is lost now. You know, like, like, yeah, I got locked out for like three days. It's crazy. I woke right. up in weird clothes and I had bruises all over me. <laughs> she does run into him at the end of the movie, like that's yeah. a joke, right? But it's like, where was that? Was it like a quantum leap thing where like it, Sam yeah. leapt in and he leapt in? And he was with Ziggy. Like, where, what? <laughs> what happened to that guy? Like. 
I'm genuinely curious. I was hoping, like when they in, like, when they showed that guy at the end of the movie, and he's talking to Diana, and they're having like this little exchange, and like you know, he had the moment where it's like Steve was like, you know, she's like, I'll never love again, I'll never love again. And he's like, No, I want you to love again, and blah blah blah, and. Like, then she sees that guy and we're thinking, oh, like, maybe she can love again. And like, maybe, you know, like this guy or whatever, they can spark something up here. I was hoping like the guy would walk away and we'd find out that like he was gay. I thought like, oh no, <laughs> because yeah, because she definitely like slept with this dude. Exactly. Thank you. I wanted him to be. I wanted her to think about how she put this fucking guy's body through the heterosexual ringer for the past like you know three days. <laughs> He's like, you just look and feel so familiar. I don't know what it is. He's like, he's like, the next day I woke up and my penis smelled like a vagina. My boyfriend was pissed off at me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh man. I, th- I thought for a movie with 84 in the title, this movie did a pretty poor job of representing the 80s. I was a little bit disappointed. That one of my favorite things about the idea of seeing this movie was the setting and what they were going to do with that. And honestly, two thirds of the way through the movie, I forgot it was even set in 84. Yeah, same. This movie could have been titled Wonder Woman, uh, anything. And, and it, it, it would have, it, it didn't need the eighties, like move the storyline forward in any way. Um, it just, I think they said it in the eighties because they were like, Hey, people like those Stranger Things kids. Let's make it in the 80s. I, I really think that that's all that it was. Yeah, there was a lack of really using any music. I thought after the first 40 minutes, they they forgot that it took place in 84. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was just a really bizarre thing to make that such a prominent feature in the promotion of the movie, but then have it be so forgettable in the movie. I don't know. It's like sometimes it's like you can get, so too too many callbacks to like the 80s in these movies to where it's so distracting where it's like but then again you are right like i don't feel like it had to be necessarily set in the 80s it didn't really do anything for the story but yeah you know, i don't know it's Instead a tough of fighting one. max lord i want her fighting max headroom yeah <laughs> hilarious <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I also agree, like, earlier we were mentioning about Cheetah. Brian, you, you mentioned about Cheetah being um, cheated. Sorry for that. For that. Oh, no. I that, oh, that was Sorry. good. It was good. Um, it was good. But, uh, okay, thanks. Now, okay, I'll take credit for that. Um, so <laughs> I, I, compl- I was really disappointed as well because, yeah, she is, she is Wonder Woman's number one villain. Yeah. And... It would be like making a Batman movie and like the Joker has, you know, five minutes of screen and, and takes him out at the, in a quick fight. And it's like, what the hell? Like, it's the Joker. You can't do that. And I feel like, okay, if it's true what you're saying, that she still has like Diana's powers, um, I'm actually very excited by that because I would want her to come back in another movie. Like, uh, and be and be Diana's foe again, you know, and 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 the CGI at the end of her is uh, was pretty rough, and, oh, yeah. and and that that fight was way too short. It's just it, it was just such a shame that they wasted that character on this on this storyline. And yeah. I, I would have loved to see a whole of just 
the cheetah. Like, really delve into Diana and developing a friendship and then breaking apart and then becoming enemies. Like, that's me. Now, that's a really good Wonder Woman story. That's a great story about women being friends and then enemies. Mm-hmm. And that would have been like, now that's Wonder Woman. And, and Would you say that, like, they're not getting along towards the end would be catty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I thought my favorite scene with Cheetah, honestly, was when Wig confronted the mugger. Yes. And she got overly aggressive with the mugger. I, I thought more of that, more of like just thinking about how it like empowers Diana's character to know she has all the strength, but she's able to have this restraint. And it was interesting to see someone else with those powers, not so much. And I thought that was a perfect scene. I thought it was really dark and just worked really well for the movie. And I wish it was a little bit more that tone. It would have been, it would have, well, they should have, they should have done a lot with more of her character for that, like for that whole scene to like impact me more, to be honest with you. Like I thought the scene was fine. It was just like, she just went from like zero to a hundred, like really quick in this movie because they didn't do anything with her character to really kind of like, you know, and everybody just treated her like shit. And it's just like, she yeah. did, she just, there was nothing with, to me, it was like, why? Like, I didn't, they, they did like that classic thing in like all the eighties movies where it's like, you know, like the girl, the homely looking girl, all of a sudden like takes our glasses off and then starts wearing, stops wearing like yeah. frumpy clothes and starts, you know, um, you know, you know, dressing cool right. and shit, and everybody notices that she's oh, she's pretty now, you know, and it's like oh, come on, <laughs> right? Like she was unnoticed and unvalued until she like put a nice dress on and did her hair and walked Learned into the catalog. Walk you know? and heal. Yeah, that yeah. was so, why was that such a persistent thing? I, I just like I liked the Barbara Minerva piece. I was really impressed with Kristen Wiig, and I I'm a huge fan of her her like obviously SNO and comedic work, and I know she's um done dramatic work as well and bridesmaid she's she's great oh, and the I skeleton kind of twins like, she was fantastic in the skeleton yeah, twins yeah, yeah. and uh, it just so i was shocked i was like wow she actually like is really kind of giving some dimension to this character who yeah is just this kind of tropey she did the most like, she could with what they gave yeah, her and they yeah. should have given her more she should this should have been her mm-hmm. movie or it yeah. should it should have been her movie or it should have been maxwell lords they should have fucking yeah. made a decision not to include both villains in this. And I feel like, you know, that's like a, it didn't need to be both. I mean, I think, I think cheetah. And if it, if you had to have a second villain, just make it somebody who could maybe go to toe, go toe to toe with, you know, Diana for a while. You don't have to make it her greatest arch nemesis who gets shortchanged in this movie. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Barbara, and then like make her cheat on a later movie, right? Like, it, like plant the seed, yeah. Put her in there yeah. because they even they even gave her like weird sidekick things when Diana was like calling her and is like, "I need you to find this out," and then get back to me, <laughs> and then would like hang up. And I'm like, "Wait, what? Why is she?" Well, I think her out. I think she's not. I mean, we're talking about stuff we wish, and, and we could talk about that all day. I think like at the end of the day, like I would wish like a third movie if they introduced Cheetah for like you know we know she's like a you know an archaeologist and stuff like that in the comics and stuff maybe to stumble 
across something that gives her the the cheetah powers. Not like I don't want it to be like the comic book where she's granted powers from a plant god, but it has to be you know something. You know, something, find something that, that gives her the powers to become this apex predator that she wished for in this movie. I just feel like she was kind of shortchanged. Things that I did love though, I, I, I mean, when we did get action, I love that convoy, that Egyptian convoy scene. I thought that that was a lot of fun and really, really well done, even though her powers were degrading at that point, which I felt like was like a callback to Superman 2, where Clark loses his powers in order to become in order to spend, you know, his life with Lois. It's different here because like he knew what he was getting into then. She didn't know that like this, what she wished for had like this monkey paw effect. She didn't even know that the stone would actually grant her wishes. Um, can we point out like every time somebody wished something on the stone, there was like this, um, Wind. And that, at, in the background. at the at the end where Maxwell Lord keeps saying granted, granted, I kept wondering like why was Wonder Woman not able to stop him? And it was because of the powerful wind from all the granted wishes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly it. She's like, I can't reach him, I'm just trying and I can't get to him. But I I the, the Egyptian convoy scene I thought was a lot of fun. I thought I thought that was some great action. I really enjoyed that and then i don't know what you guys thought if you like that or not but like and then the beginning the themiscira stuff with like the whole contest like oh loved it like i read that in the spoilers and everything we saw a little bit of like that in the in the trailer but man boy did it make me excited for that spinoff series that was announced that's is it a spinoff movie or spinoff series that we're getting on hbo max or if we're getting a theatrical themiscira spinoff series i know that that was something that Patty Jenkins is, you know, she was involved in. I thought yeah, that was really great. That young actress was really great as mm-hmm. Diana. I loved it. Just the look on her face when she gets knocked down before finishing the, the line. I, I was like, oh, she is great. Oh, I found it. It's it's um that it's going to be a movie. And Patty Jenkins said that uh, it takes place after Diana leaves Themyscira and that it will be linked to the events between Wonder Woman 1984 and the third Wonder Woman film. So thank God that we actually have something that moves the story forward with Wonder Woman. I, I don't know about you guys, but like, how did this story move her story any, move it forward to like where we're like, okay, this is. That's the problem. It does it or does it not? Can they can they find a way to tie this into like the stuff that's going on right now? Like, did all these different wishes create some kind of paradoxal kind of like thing that happened that brought attention to Earth by other villains that are out in space? And I don't know. I have no idea because like this movie doesn't really get into that. Like, is this what draws the attention of doomsday to earth? Is this, or is this just like a, another contained kind of story that doesn't like push the story forward? Rebecca, it sounds like you say like this does nothing it to push doesn't. the story forward. I a hundred percent think that this does not move the wonder woman narrative or story any further. Um, because and and this is not the fault of the film but or i shouldn't say that let me let me back up but in in justice league 
we have that line that Wonder Woman says to Bruce that she says, a hundred years ago, I walked away from the world of man. Well, that's clearly not true because here she is in 84 running around with her fanny pack uh, and, and like stopping bad guys, but sh- don't tell anybody it's a secret. So, uh, okay, I guess you could work it in that like she technically walked away, but she was still doing some stuff, whatever. But at the same time, for Diana to grow as a character, for this to make her resolve to say, now I see that I must take up the mantle of Wonder Woman full time. That doesn't happen. Mm. That doesn't happen in this movie. Instead, and I get it, I understand the Steve Trevor stuff. I understand that in the comics, it's always been Diana and Steve, but for the way that he sacrificed himself in that first movie and then she wishes him and brings him back, even when she knows that it's killing her powers, she's still ready to not give him up. And I struggle with that a little bit. And I, I, I'm not saying it's a huge flaw in the film. I'm just saying that she does not want to give him up, even though she knows it's killing her powers is it just a story of love or is it, is it, well, I really like this boy and I want him around and, and, and I love him and, and well, so what if I don't have powers? Because I have my, my guy and is a little bit of that mixed into it. And I'm not saying it's anti-feminist text or anything, but it doesn't do it. It doesn't do anything for me for the Wonder Woman narrative. I was hoping it would do. Steve Rogers bounces out of fucking Endgame to say, "I want to spend the rest of my life with Peggy Carter." Yeah, I get that, but 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 Steve Rogers is a man who has not lived under the oppression of a patriarchal society. Diane is a woman living under the gender norms and patriarchal society forced upon women. So for her to make that decision, it means something different. It means something very different. I think like, you know, I think like she's still kind of like obsessed with Steve. I think you got to think like time is different when you can live as long as like, you know, a demigod. And so like people are like, ah, 70, 70 years later, she's still not over Steve Trevor. And it's like, well, on the flip side, she's also dealing with shit that most people don't have to deal with. She already watched Etta Candy die. She loved Etta mm-hmm. Candy. Sure. Etta Candy was like her best friend. Etta Candy's died. That's why she doesn't want to get close to people. Like in this movie, like when Minerva asked her to go out to lunch, she, it's almost like she doesn't even want to go out to lunch with her because she doesn't want to spend any time with anybody and get attached to anybody because she knows that they're going to fucking die. And it's, it, she's seen so many people in her lifetime die mm-hmm. um, that it's like, that it's like uh, it's got to be hard for her, and um, maybe that's why she hasn't been able to move on from Steve. Is like, why? What's the point? They're just going to end up dying anyway. And right. and, and another thing, um, oh, go ahead, Rebecca. You had no, you had a great point, and 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 you had you had a great point. It's just I, I, I don't know. I think like. Did they, did they have to bring Steve Trevor back for this story or was it just a way for – here's the thing. I think Patty Jenkins used it 
in this to kind of like, I guess, move her character forward so that she could love again one day. But then on the flip side, I also think that Patty Jenkins just loves working with Chris Pine. And this movie really, because they worked on that series on TNT together. Yes. Um, but I do think that this movie kind of, and maybe Wonder Woman as a as, as movies kind of does suffer because uh, from from what I'm about to say here is like you get to know different characters in different series and in different movies. What happens with the characters, though, is the fact that like by the time you get the second movie, you get to see where those characters are. And in this movie, all those characters that we had from the first movie are now dead. Right. I mean, and so it felt very much like they had to start over brand new with all new characters that are being like thrown into her life. And that was like, that was, it, you know, I love that first movie and my God, I miss Samir and I miss like some of these characters that we really sure. fell in love with in that first movie. I miss out of candy. You know, I even miss Chris Pine. I felt like they wanted to bring a little bit of that back. And I think like some of the comedy, mo honestly, all of the comedy that worked for me was Steve Trevor now in the 80s. I thought it, I loved it. I loved oh, seeing him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the fish out of water, right? Which is what was so charming and funny. Well, not that wasn't all that was good about that first movie, but I mean, those scenes of Diana trying to figure out the, the world of man, right? Which she eats ice cream for the first time. And, yeah. Oh, you should be so proud. Like she's like amazed by it and the clothes and the, and the, this is how women are here. This is how men are. Like it, it's, it's great to watch that. It always adds an element of comedy. And I agree. I thought the best comedy came from Chris Pine, you know, does everybody parachute now? Like, it's funny. Like, I, and it, it's, it's charming and clever. Um, but at the end of the day, she wishes for Steve because she's, it's, it's, it's 50 plus years later. She's still not over him and she wishes for him back and she can't give him up. And at the end of the day, it's not, I mean, maybe she's ready to move on and love again, but I felt like she, I don't feel like she grew from that experience as much as I would have liked her to. But she learned um, how to fly. Well, there's that, I suppose. She learned how to fly. So. Yep. She learned how to fly. And, her, and turn planes invisible. Yeah, I did, I did love the invisible jet stuff. I'm not going to lie. I uh, that was a really great I'm so split. I'm stuff. so split on that, Rebecca, because... I get it, but I love that old invisible jet stuff. Yes, but here's so the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. She learns how to... She learns how to fly in this movie, yet by the time we're at Batman v Superman, she's not flying. She's taking a plane in that movie to get somewhere, right? And it's not invisible. And Well, true, and it's not <laughs> invisible. But we never saw her turn anything invisible in Batman v Superman or Justice yeah. League. Yes, she does explain that it's difficult to do and that she only did it once and it was with a coffee cup. But now I think – lost it i'm sorry but that was hilarious when she said she turned the but i kept hoping like throughout the entire movie that she would knock over something like a mug that was invisible oh, and you hear that it would have been great yes that would have been great <laughs> she but, would like bang into something like oh there's that, <laughs> there's, that there's that mug and, and she can make it invisible but she can't make it uninvisible also like so it's just like yeah you're just invisible I guess, thing I, now. I guess yeah it's like at the like like how did they get back to that fucking plane like where did where I? Did you I do you remember where you? Do you remember where you parked it? 
But that should have been the post credit scene, them just walking around the airfield for 20 yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before they can get back from Cairo to the United States. I also thought like the character that they introduced that was like the ancestor of the Mayans was a little too convenient to move the story along. <laughs> oh, yeah, super convenient. Yeah, no, believe, yeah, it was, it's lots of really great coincidences in this film. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you've got Minerva who says, I found this flyer for this guy. <laughs> and you wouldn't believe it, but it connects to this magical wishing stone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> This is the pro- I think this and I, I Patty Jenkins I think she is a phenomenal director. I loved Monster. I thought um Charlize Theron was just incredible in that movie and I loved Monster. I loved Wonder Woman, but I think letting her her and Jeff Johns run wild on this script is like my and I I don't know if that Jake is would you agree cuz you said you had problems with the script too. No, I agree 100%. And there was um it was her and Jeff Johns that came up with the story, but there's even a third person that was involved in writing the act. Yeah, I think it was play. David Callahan, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's already a telltale sign that they knew it was a little bit Swiss cheese and they had to have someone come in. I would love to see what their original script was before they had to have someone make it make more sense because, geez. <laughs> well, like, again, right? It doesn't. It doesn't move the story and it doesn't connect it all to like the rest of the universe, right? So it's like unless that that wishing thing did some kind of like you said call call to like uh some some greater evil that will meet yeah, down the line. Yeah, but like, like are they moving are, of, at least when they did that with like Captain Marvel and Captain America, it you had the Tesseract and the stones and it yes. eventually played into the story, which again, I don't need it to be Marvel necessarily, but if you're going to set it in the eighties and do all these things, like I would like some kind of connection to make the universe more. I don't even necessarily need it to connect to the greater DC universe. I could care less if this ever connects to an Aquaman film. I could care less if this, if we ever get another justice league film with the people that we have over at DC right now, I would just want this to move the story of wonder woman forward. And it feels like we're not really going to get that story until we get that Amazonian spinoff series and wonder woman three, which you know, if you're looking at what Patty Jenkins is doing right now, she's going to be doing, you know, Rogue Squadron with, you know, Disney. She's kind of like switched sides here. And she's even come out in interviews and said, like, the weight and listen to this, the weight between Wonder Woman 2 and Wonder Woman 3 might be longer than the weight from Wonder Woman 1 to Wonder Woman 2. Which tells me that we might not be getting anything Wonder Woman for maybe another th- three years, possibly longer. And that's, wow. that's worrisome to me. Um, because, you know, I, of course, and, and fans of Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman having to wait that long for anything else. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's not, I, that doesn't yeah. instill confidence in me. That's a great point. Yeah. Three years would be fine, but I, I'm smelling that it may be longer than that. And that was pre-COVID probably, right? So now post-COVID, now they have to push everything kind of back. It 
it makes all the production take even longer, the writing and all of that stuff. So, so do you think they're prioritizing other movies and other properties? She said this in December of 2020. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. She listen to this. She stated this was on the happy, sad, confused podcast. She stated that while well, she and Jeff Johns had already beat out an entire story for a third film and it turned Jeff Johns back on it again. She now she now yeah. <laughs> she she now has doubts about whether she wants to make it with the world's current state and sure it will be her next film. And if her feelings about it will change um, when interviewed by MTV News about what she would want to see in the third film, Gal Gadot stated that she wants the third film to take place in the present, having no interest on revisiting the past as she feels that those time periods on Wonder Woman's life have been handled perfectly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, at one time she was working on this. She, she revealed that she had stopped working on the story, which she had been developing for six months prior so she could see how to absorb the result of COVID-19 pandemic into the, into the story. And that's Wonder Woman 3 we're talking about? Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that's smart to <laughs> work COVID into a Wonder Woman 3 plot line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be waiting well for a future. <laughs> this is not exciting. No, <laughs> it's not. I mean, to think, like, we might have to wait three or more years for a Wonder Woman film, for a third Wonder Woman film that would take place in whatever year it comes out in like that's just that's just so depressing to me <laughs> like i mean you know i i may not have loved this movie as much as i loved that first movie but it doesn't mean that i'm you know burning all of my wonder woman stuff like i want i still want more i want another film i i would love a, anything they want to give us i'm gonna watch it so uh, to wait that long you can only imagine that interest might wane the studio might feel like oh it's do people still want this maybe we should just release it right to hbo max or whatever i mean it it, yeah it's not not what do you what do you do do you basically understand that patty jenkins next project is going to be rogue squadron right and let her go and then bring on somebody else to do the third film i mean there yeah, i know it's it's like it's like a it's like a catch-22 there's no good answer here because i'm not a fan of letting patty go uh to direct that third film um and then bringing in somebody else but i'm a fan of not letting her and jeff johns write the script i oh, want well, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i want to direct having her write and i'm fine mm-hmm. with the changing of the guard here i want to i but i want i want patty to direct it because I, I think she's a phenomenal director. Um, you know, I just don't think all directors make great writers. And I'm, so I don't know. And, and between her and Jeff Johns writing this story, I mean, I don't know. I'm that, that worries me. I'd love to see her come back and direct it though. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. I, I, I want her to direct the third movie R- writing. I don't, uh, at least with Jeff Johns, I'm I'm not a fan of again, but for sure directing it, yes, I am. Yeah. And, and as I was watching it too, and I'm like, okay, two hours and thirty minutes. What did this look like as a director's cut? Like knowing you cut it down, woof. Like what? <laughs> what was happening here? Like 
uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but like, I kept thinking long. to myself, like, it's I get way too long. Oh, well, I oh, kept thinking way too long. But everybody's saying like, oh, it's way too long, and there's definitely stuff you could cut out. But like, yeah, definitely cut out some stuff. But if you're gonna make it two and a half hours long, could you do some more exposition? With right. with with what we have here, and can we do some more with Cheetah in this movie, yeah. please? Because yeah, honestly, I think I think I think there's a great Kristen Wiig performance in here, and I think she does really good with what she was given. But man, if she was given more a meteor script, meteor dialogue, and a basically kind of like more of a, like a relationship with Diana, to where when we finally get that scene where they're in the White House and she's like. I wish to be more like you. Oh my God. Can you imagine like so much, so much weight there. And there was supposed to be a lot of weight in that scene, but I feel like it was kind of thrown away. Right. And like, I'm not even saying you have to do the Maxwell Lord stuff. I'm saying if you just give Cheetah her own movie and she goes out and finds an artifact that gives her these powers to make her more, of like the hunter that we know from the comic books that's trying to take Diana down that scene, whatever that scene, whether it takes place in the white house or whether it takes place out on the streets, it doesn't matter where it takes place. Their first confrontation both is like fucking warriors should have been that much more impactful. And I felt like they really kind of threw that away for fans of cheetah here. And um, yeah. And, and I think, you I know, a hundred percent with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Although sad. I, I, I will say, say that in that White House scene um, I what I did think was a really I thought it was a good moment I thought you know of course if we had our druthers it, it would have been more more meaty more weighty but the scene where um, Diana's like she's like been beaten down and she's like laying against the wall and you could see that she is physically weakened versus the Diana that we saw at the beginning of the movie and um and uh, Kristen Wiig says something like, I've gained all these powers and I'm not giving them back or whatever. And she says, but what is it costing you? And she says, where's your warmth? Where's your where's your humanity? Where's your love of other people? And you could see Kristen Wiig, you could see her like wrestle with that for like a second or two. And we think back to that scene where she's like kicking that mugger and that and that homeless person that she would bring food to. And he, he says, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, mind your business. Like she has given up or the monkey's paw has taken from her all of those really beautiful qualities that she had and left her with just pure power. So she is like like Jake was saying earlier, she's got that power that Diana has, but not the control, not the love and compassion that Diana shows in using her powers. Mm. And and you see her wrestle with that for just a moment, but I thought that it was a really good scene between them where Diana does try to reason with her. No, I, I agree. It was a good scene. I just think like it could have been a little it bit. It could have been yeah. better. I do not disagree. I I love what Ashley was saying before to build up to a cheetah, like, like make this whole movie just about her and Barbara, but like in, in a Wonder Woman 3 let's just say we all get our wish and um 
they bring back Barbara Minerva, right? And she's like, oh, you know, I've, I've learned my lesson, Diana, I, blah, blah, blah. But all along, she's still got those powers, right? And she finds a way to become that true apex predator she wants to be. Like, she plays, she pretends to be Diana's friend, but then turns on her toward the end or in the middle of the movie. Like, that would be, like, to me, a really great great way to redeem what we didn't get in this movie but yeah i want more of cheetah i want more of barbara minerva and how she reacts with diana i want a transformation scene yes <laughs> her turning into cheetah. literally she was just like that was like brooding in a corner and like i don't know i'm just gonna go over here when max is doing his crazy wish thing and then all of a sudden <laughs> she just is cheetah and you're and just like what <laughs> wait well, all she had was like a lot of really dark eyeshadow, and then it was like, "Now I'm cheetah, everybody." <laughs> I want a scene. I I want a scene of Wonder Woman defeating her with catnip. That's what I want. Or <laughs> <laughs> dangles the lasso, and she's like, "Here, kid." <laughs> the red lace paralyzed, rolling around on her belly. Exactly. <laughs> I really liked the plot device of. Um, depowering Wonder Woman and kind of neutering her powers, but I thought that kind of came as a waste here. Like it, it never gave the fright or fear for the character that it should have if they were going to go with that device. I, you know, it it makes it more interesting. That's but there was point. never, I was never afraid for Diana. So I don't know if it's because this took place in the past and we all knew that. Or just they just didn't do a good job of showcasing her not being as powerful. Uh, it would have been fun if Cheetah herself would have realized that her opponent was weakened because of what happened. They just didn't play with that device in a way that made it ever dramatic. Hard with something like that when this is a prequel to Justice League, right? Like we know that Diana will be just fine by the end of the movie because she's got to go fight with the Flash. Yeah, but we also watched we also watched Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and we all loved it, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, we I think they could have pushed it more though with like actually injuring her, right? Beyond like, oop. I got a little scratch. I'm bleeding a little bit. Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Right? Yeah, but they, exactly. they really yes. hurt her, and not like you know she's not going to die. Like we're not. That's like going to work. But like she could have gotten like crunched between the tanks, and you're like, oh no! Like oh no! <laughs> that's yeah. not going to walk away from that in the same way that you maybe would as you went into that fight. Like if she would have gone into that fight really injured. When right? she or if, or if you would have had to see like Steve constantly like bandaging and re-bandaging yeah. and she's just getting more wounds and, and he's like, you're going to kill yourself, Diana. You can't keep doing this. Exactly, like, exactly. that's a great way to play with that device. And, and oh, yeah, that's good. getting weaker and weaker, but she's still going out there to fight because she's Wonder Woman. I love know? that. Oh, my God. I love I love that so much. I love that, Rebecca. That is... I mean, that's that's how you do it right. We all know yeah. she's going to survive, but that's how you do it right. That's 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 fucking great. Like you're like you're watching the person that like here's the thing. Like th- and I know this sounds cheesy, but like w- you know the first movie she's like she's basically like it's it's her love for humanity towards the end that fucking defeats Ares, right? I mean mm-hmm. and and we've fallen in love with this character and to watch a character that we've fallen in love with get hurt and 
damaged that badly just to fucking not only try to keep Steve around, but also try to help everybody else. She's trying to do everything. She's trying to do everything. She's taking on way too much. And we see her fucking hurt and bleeding like that. And he's constantly bandaging her up. I love that. That, that get Jeff Jones on the phone. I got an idea for money. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It just felt like they wasted that plot device. Like they can't, yeah, the I next movie, they can't like neuter her powers again. And, right. But they really did it to no dramatic value in this movie. So it was just like a waste of such a great idea. Another example of no consequence, right? Yeah, like, no this movie, just thematically, there's just no consequence to the villain's actions. There's no consequence to her even, you're not even worried about her losing her powers. Like, uh, I did what, yeah, it's another thing where I kind of forgot that even happened by the end fight. Right, right. What did you guys think about the, um, at the beginning of the movie, like, I guess the scene that we can kind of like say is the most Richard Donner scene that we got, um, where she's fighting the criminals in the mall with like, you know, the, a lot of comedy sprinkled in there and it just felt like it, it was like Patty Jenkins love letter to the Donner movies in the eighties. Like swinging that little girl into the teddy bear. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Right. Did you guys enjoy yeah, I, that? I felt like that was that was the movie telling us, "Hey, everybody, we're in the eighties now." Like the mall and the clothes and the. I, I felt like that was just to set the stage and say, "This is the eighties. Remember malls? This is the eighties." It was it was cute, but I, I I didn't. It was okay, but I I really just felt like it was more just to say this is the nineteen eighties. Listen, that little girl was cute as hell. But on the she was. No, I'm not going to say she is not. No, 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 no. But on the flip side, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, look at this guy with a gun. Let me run towards him. No shit. <laughs> no shit. I was like, what in the f- no? Like, what? Your mom needs to fucking really have the stranger danger talk with you. Where are your parents? Well, her mom was fucking. Her, her mom was hiding underneath that table, right in front of like. I don't know, fucking like the pretzel twister or whatever the fuck, wherever they were in the food court. Her mom was underneath like <laughs> the table hiding and the little girl like walks away because she's like amazed by Wonder Woman and her powers. Like, yeah, like watch from afar, kid. Like you're uh, there. That is parenting like gone wrong. That mom really needs to talk to her daughter after this whole situation. Stranger danger, please. Exactly. Another thing I thought was really funny was uh, when the one, the bad guy grabs the kid and like goes to put her over the ledge and then his other fellow bad guys are like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> we did not sign up for kids over ledges. Like, no. But here's the thing. <laughs> Fucking Diana comes crashing through a window at the very top glass window through the very top of the mall. And like, what's the next scene? What would it realistically what it would have been was like that kid getting a bunch of glass stuck in his fucking in, in her like body and, and, and bleeding all over the place. <laughs> my god i'm covered in glass who would enter a building this way i did love it though when wonder woman during like the egyptian convoy scene where she used her body as a shield to protect those kids oh yeah oh yeah like that that's my wonder woman that's my wonder woman 
I thought it was really cool too. Uh, because, like they showed her obviously in the trailers a lot with her like popping up and like that tank flipping and all that stuff too. And I was just curious how they did that. So I thought it was cool when she was like underneath and she couldn't figure it out and then did the cool flip thing above. I was like, oh, that's some superhero shit. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. I'm into that. And I, like I said before, I loved it when she told the driver that the brakes still work. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I was like, oh shit, what do I do? And she's like, it's fine. Use the your brakes. <laughs> the brakes, the brakes still work. She's not trying to kill anyone, you know? No, no. For sure, that convoy scene was, in my opinion, the best action set piece in that movie. It really was. And they really, you know, they, they featured it heavily in the trailers. And, um, I mean, it didn't disappoint for me. Like, when she you know when she jumps out of the car and she's running right into this convoy and and all of the all of the work she did like um how she every single thing that she did in that was just this was just pure wonder woman stuff and um definitely the lasso stuff where she like grabbed the bullet and threw it like that was so cool that whole set piece was just absolutely great i i wish we had gotten a little bit more action in this movie. Yes. Um, it, 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 I, I'm, I was actually at the end of it, I said, I'm surprised how little action is in this film. Like, and for how long it is, there's not a lot. What, what, why didn't we get another, like, we never got, like, I've never felt like we got like that no man's land scene, like from the first 100% one. After the first one as well. Like, where was the scene? Where, where was, was that scene? Go? And like, and, and, and he kept and they kept pulling back on that. Yeah, they were watered down. Like I, we never got that that straight up guitar, like yeah. guitar riff that we got in the first. But they kept watering it down, and I was like, "Why are you doing this? You like, don't. You do When Superman comes in, you don't fucking like say, "Oh, we're not going to give you the fucking John Williams Superman." No, of course not. You know, like why did Hans Zimmer? pull back on it this time i like i thought softer like it was it was it was harsh yes meant to be softer so it's like i i don't know if through the music they're trying to say that like diana her personality is softer or she's a softer person or whatever it's it's the 80s it's the 80s we can't do that (laughs) i don't know i did not like that i never got my straight up like moment of silence and then like that to me i was so disappointed we didn't get that in this film that 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 would have had me in my seat like pumping my fist like yeah 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 didn't have that in this film what did you think about at the end of the movie when she is having like her speech with maxwell lord and she's talking about renouncing the wish and then there's the huge reveal that this entire time she's not trying to get him to renounce his wish. She's trying to get all the people in the world to renounce their wish. And we see the lasso of truth wrapped around his leg. Did that do anything for you? I, I'll be honest with you. Like I felt I, I was, I, 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 I didn't hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, because I, it was just a, it's like pure, yeah, wholesome, just like t- being one that that like epitome of Wonder Woman in her diplomatic state, right? Of this beautiful speech, yeah. I thought de- 
Bao delivered it really well. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I appreciated it that it was, she's like, I'm not even talking to you, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to everybody else because that's going to take away your power too. If everybody else renounces their wishes, then y- your power goes away. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I actually did like that too, even though it was corny. After the fact, I was like, oh, dang it, you got me with that one. Yeah, yeah. I liked it too. It reminded yeah. me a lot of the vibe of Raimi's Spider Man 1 and 2, where by the end of the movie, the community and humanity itself kind of steps up and realizes what is right and does the right thing. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Real nice, positive vibes. Yeah, I, I, I loved it too, but go ahead, Rebecca. I apologize. Uh, it was very similar. You know, the, the first movie ends on a, on a very. Um, it's a little schmaltzy, right? Like where she's like, it's because I love humans. I'm going to defeat Ares. Like, okay, wonderful. And I, it's a little schmaltzy, but I like schmaltz and that's fine. So in, in this movie, we got like a little bit more of that. And I liked it too. Like I, I'm a sucker for that stuff. And so when, when she says, you have to be the superhero, you have to be the hero. I was just like, I like this. Everybody has to do the right thing. And yeah. and we don't always want to. And she's telling everybody, I know that you're tired of feeling certain ways and feeling certain things. But now's the time to be the hero of the story. And, yeah. and that everybody has the potential to be the hero of the story. That kind of stuff. I fucking love that stuff. And, and she did such a good job with it to the point that even people who were wishing, you know, for terrible, horrible things, they say, I, I, I renounce my wish. They had that moment to be the hero. Now nah, we didn't hear that one lady that wished for a million dollars fucking change her mind, though. Yeah, she's got a fucking she's got a million dollars in her bank account. Here's the thing. Now with um Oh god, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, for as much as she loves people and shit, she's not willing to share a fucking cab with anybody. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I forgot about that at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's not into carpooling. She's all about polluting the. Uh, I get. Here's the thing. The I I get. I get that. Like you know, she doesn't want to get attached to people because she. But it's you're sharing a cab. <laughs> you're sharing. It's not like you're gonna fucking fall in love with the guy in the cab and be like, oh man, I can't. We shared that cab moment together and come on like you gotta i don't know just leave that whole scene out i thought that that was kind of ridiculous (laughs) she's a loner i'm a loner yeah but like in the first movie she (laughs) she she wanted to you know like in the first movie like you know by the end of it she's like you know loves humanity and stuff like that and it's just like by this one like she can't be bothered to fucking share a cab with this guy (laughs) i'm like come on she just seems so so averse to it, and like I, the thing is, I get it. I get that. Like, I understand why she was pissed off, Ashley, about all the guys <laughs> hitting on her at that fucking party. Look at, look at Gal; she's tired. Okay, she's tired of all the men. Like, please don't talk to me. Yes, I know. I look like this. I get it. I see myself every day. I because, like, let's real talk. Gorgeous. How many shots does she walk in, and you're just like, wow. Like, yeah. it's aggressive. <laughs> Oh, like just she just has that that impact of like you're not even just like a supermodel you are Wonder Woman on our screen yeah and, and I still love all of those women 
Oh yeah, when she when she gets out of the cab or the limo yeah. with that white dress, Jeez. I was like, oh my god, I love those five. I know. Like, I thought I, I thought I was watching a I thought I was watching a fucking perfume commercial. <laughs> exactly. I was like, when is she when is she going to try to sell me on some fucking perfume? <laughs> but you know, I I will say that like. I think one of the things that this movie did very well that I thought the first movie did well uh, too was to to put Gal in beautiful and sometimes sexy clothes but not sexualize her. Mm-hmm. And and I think Patty did an incredible job of of keeping that tradition. Yes, they use the trope of 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 um Barbara uh, taking off her glasses and getting a pair of high heels and now she's gorgeous and everybody wants her. I, I get that, but I felt like with with Wonder Woman uh, they kept up that, that she's confident, she's comfortable in her body, she's not afraid to show off her body um, but she's not sexualized and, and it's not that male gaze of the camera on her and I think that that's 100% Patty Jenkins oh, that fucking, yeah that's Patty Jenkins because Joss Whedon yeah. and Joss Whedon and Justice League got like that oh, shot God. of her well, that, there's that yeah, shot of her fighting bikinis now there's that yeah. fucking there's that shot yeah. well there's that shot where he's like, like, like uh, she's out on the street walking and it's like focusing right in on her ass yes yes and I was cleavage for some reason. Yes, <laughs> multiple times. Cleavage helps me fight better. Yeah. Like I, I don't know about that one, but okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. at I, all I, points, like Diana was beautiful, but also had this just confidence and power involved in it. And I also loved all the little homages to the to the original Wonder Woman, right? <laughs> Like some of the outfits were were kind of inspired by some of the outfits on the show. I, I loved all of those little moments. Oh yeah. What what did you guys think of the Linda Carter cameo at the end? Um, I you know here's the thing. When I watched it the first time, um, I didn't catch that. If you go back and watch it a second time, and she shows Steve the vision, it's clearly Linda Carter's yeah. eyes. Oh really. Yeah. Yeah. Once you know who it is, it's very obvious. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I I loved it. I thought it was. I thought that was one of my favorite parts of the of the movie. Me too. I absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. I got so excited that it was Linda Carter, and God, she she just also looked so amazing. There was the she rumor that she was in this. There was the rumor that she was in this, and like a lot of people were shooting it down. Like, you know, like oh, she's not going to show up and. And, um, you know, like we knew she was Madam President in like the Supergirl series and stuff like that. I kind of thought maybe that's where it's going to end. I myself was actually shocked when they did it. I was I loved it, though. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, uh, they wanted her for the first Wonder Woman movie. Like they wanted her to make a cameo and something. Um, And she wanted to as well. But like the schedules didn't match up and it just never worked out. So. You know, there were people who were saying like, "Oh, she was snubbed for that first movie," and that's not true at all. I'm glad for this cameo, though. Like, I'm really happy how it all worked out that she was that legendary warrior who held off, you know, all those men so that the Amazonians could 
returns at the mascara. I just I thought that was just brilliant. I absolutely love it. Still gotta know how she made it out of there. Though. I know. I, I think the <laughs> just got tired. They were like, ah, fuck it. They all went home. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I'm. It's this movie's been so divisive, though. I think over fits. First off, I'm going to say if you didn't like the first one at all, I'm not shocked that you didn't like this one at all. I will say that. But it's been it's it's been kind of divisive. I've seen people absolutely love this one. I've seen very few people love it more than the first one, but it, it is out there. But um I mean, it is it's been kind of divisive. It's one of the, and I read an article today and I posted it on our Facebook page that and on our Twitter that uh, it lost its certified certified fresh rating. It was at certified fresh and then now that it's on HBO Max and everybody can watch it and more of the critics have been able to watch it. It lost its certified fresh rating and it's dropped down to last time I checked, it was at a 66% where it was in the high eighties before. Yeah, that that's not surprising seeing the final product and, and yeah, so many more critics are able to watch it and review it since they can just watch it right at home on HBO Max as well. So. A lot of the critics and what I've been, but what I've been reading about this, Jake, uh, Ashley, Rebecca is like, it's such a, this is what they needed at the end of 2020. This is the movie that they needed at the end of 2020. Um, is that enough? Is it is is that enough that it was that it was a feel good fun romp with Wonder Woman, or because I'm on like like I, there's some good takeaways from this movie. I loved Steve Trevor. I loved the fact that like I loved the scene where she had to say goodbye to him when she said goodbye. It it fucking tugged at my heartstrings, and I went back and on my second viewing and third viewing. When he basically says like something like like he says I can't, I'm paraphrasing like I always love you you're always the one Diana yeah, I, he says like like something like no matter where I am yes I always love you I don't even think that that was Chris Pine's voice I think she's hearing she's let go of him and she's hearing the new guy's voice it didn't even sound like Chris Pine mm, that's a great point it might have been I I actually really love that scene too like mm. it, it was quite emotional for me I <clears throat> excuse me when. When she, because as much as I wasn't a fan of bringing him back, I, I did, what I did like was I liked how she expressed what I think a lot of people feel of, I give my all every day and I don't ask for anything for myself except this one thing. And, and it's even this is denied me. And, and I, I felt that pain i felt that frustration i felt that anger and and that sadness and deep down she knew she had to give him up and so yeah that scene of her saying goodbye to him i i cried i i got uh, i got a little emotional at it i agree yeah it was sad i hope in the third movie she invents some kind of like steve trevor ai and puts it into a robot body I'm I kidding. Love it. <laughs> 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 Picture of his face to the front of it. <laughs> I, love you. I always love you, Steve. Hey, Steve. Uh, <laughs> but but even even the robot looks like the other guy for some reason. <laughs> 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 
in her mind she sees it so everybody else is like she just keeps talking to this robot with a weird guy that calls it steve we don't know who it is <laughs> right she lives in her own world uh, what are, what are the chances that we get more uh dr minerva low i bet How, oh that would be so sad if this is her only romp in this world with diana that's, <laughs> that's so sad i want to believe well because she just walks away in the end you know like she's else. well she's just hanging out on a cliff or something right right, right. I'm, I'm yeah. bad, right? being uh introspective I, I, I think like, I think that, and what happened to the stone? Did the stone manifest itself again as a physical object after Max Lord renounced? Again, a fuzzy ending with the script. Cause I thought when he said, I renounce my wish, you know what I thought was going to happen? I thought we were going to physically see the stone like come out of him or something much like it went into him and and like then diana would be able to destroy it or what do whatever she would do with it but instead he's like i don't know it's my wish and it's like well where's the stone what, what happened to it it did turn to dust like it didn't go into him oh that's a good point that's true it didn't really go into him it turned to dust but it gave him his oh i guess that i like how the stone was wrapped in like a napkin holder yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have Latin on it, okay? An artifact, okay? I want, I want the, as I want that to be part of the Wonder Woman 1984 merchandise. I want some of, the, I want, I want, I want, I want napkin holders from the Dreamstone. And it comes with dust inside. It comes with dust inside. Dreamstone, Dreamstone napkin holders, a box of dust. I want it all. Dreamstone pixie sticks. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Part of me did want to see him snort that dust. What was it? That, was it? Was it? Why was? Why was he physically degrading? Was he turning into the stone itself? I kept wondering why was he. That that, that stuff pissed me off. It, it, yeah. it was. There was so many hints to something was happening with his body. Like, what was his bad thing? He's bleeding out of his ear. His eye burst of blood vessel. He's bleeding out of his nose. Was he turning into the rock? Not, not, not Dwayne Johnson, but was he turning into the stone? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't really know what was going on here. This is what I took from it, and I could be completely wrong on this, but like with the monkey paw stuff like it takes what you most value so i felt like it was just draining his life force like it was slowly killing him from the inside because remember when he would grant people's wishes he would then take something from them that's that's what the monkey paw does he was taking like at the end he was like i take your life force i take your strength i take this i think it was literally killing him to grant these wishes and so to replace it he would like take people's health from them that's such an easy out though for him to i guess but like that's that's how i understood it worked i i I, yeah you're right you're right they didn't tell us left up to her interpretation of how it actually all works. No. It's, it's like a choose-your-own-ending book. You'll decide why you I think you, out of his ear. I think you're right, Rebecca, but like it doesn't make the story better to even explain no, it that way. No, it doesn't yeah. make it any better. Like, 
I mean, and if so- it takes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. I was just saying, like, if it if it takes the thing that you love the most, like, why is it not affecting his his, his son? Boy? His son. Like, Thank you. Affecting him and yeah, love him till the he, end. Yeah, because he didn't <laughs> love him at all. He didn't, want, he didn't even want his weekends. They came too fast. Well, that's true. He's we, like, wait, you're here again. Yeah. We never saw the mom or the boyfriend that she's been dorking. We never saw any any of that shit. <laughs> we never saw the mom. I at thought all. it was way too convenient how in tune with the wishstone he was in the first place, too. Like that never made any sense to me. Like they never painted his character as someone that would be like that well, educated. They they showed when when Diana broke into like his they, they uh, like we saw it on his desk and everything. Yes, yes. He's been studying it. Sense to me. He'd been studying it for a while. <laughs> but why? Like where did he you know, where did he get tipped off if this was even a thing? I, I don't know. Dude, I have no fucking clue. Maybe I don't know. Cause like <laughs> the only other person that knew about this was, was like the 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 one Mayan guy that we met in this movie that like was super convenient to the story. <laughs> so I don't know how true it is. It could have just been a line. When he meets Barbara Minerva at the lab, he says he is a gemologist or he has an interest in gemology also. So it could have been, if that's true, maybe he learned about it through that way and he's been obsessed with it ever since. But again, even if any of that is true, it's fuzzy. The script has a lot of fuzzy edges that it's basically like, it, it's just a yada 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 like well who cares how he knew now he knows about it you know and, and even those lines i took that as he only had an interest because of this thing that could give him powers it wasn't like he didn't start with the interest and then found out about this rock like the rock itself was the catalyst for him gotcha. to give a shit about gemology so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, who who the fuck knows? The writers, I guess. But the 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 other thing about this movie is the way that it's edited. It, it's pretty choppy in a lot of scenes. So I feel like there's a lot of answers to all of our questions, but they're all on the cutting room floor. I I, I, I don't think the answers made it into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, like I'm I'm doing all this work for the FBI, and then I just let this guy borrow it for a minute. It's cool. <laughs> It would have made a lot more sense for Maxwell Lord himself to find this rock and then it him losing it and then ending up in the museum. Like but then he, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, I was going to say then I would have got like how he was so connected to it, but it was just so convenient that Yeah, I mean they do drop that when, she, when Diana comes back to look for the stone, she's like looking in all the packing material and underneath there's, there's a bill of sale and it says it was sold to Max Lord. So he, he was expecting this to come in. He was going to get it from that jewelry shop but it, it they robbed it and it ends up in the museum. So maybe he does invent the whole I'm, a, I'm into gemology to get into the, into the museum. I, I think that makes your theory make more sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does just make that up to get what he needs to get. Yeah, I I think the fact that he had already bought that thing and it was being smuggled in from wherever um, and he was just basically now it's been stolen. Now I got to go after it. I think that that definitely lends credence to to what you're saying. I think, yeah, that's absolutely right. But is it presented in a clear, concise manner? No. Um, no. Giant fuck no. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, you know, my. You to choose your own adventure story here. You can really kind of pick a couple of different things. What happened? Might make sense. What happened? Like, what happened between between Wonder Woman one, which, in my opinion, is an absolute Tupperware film. Fantastic. Love the action. Love everything about it. And then we get this, and it's just so. It's it's like. So it's like clunky. It's it, like Wonder Woman Barbie. It's the clunkiest fucking script I've ever. Oh, it's not the clunkiest, but it's pretty damn clunky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the writers in the first movie are such good writers. They've done so many good things. So it's easy to see why yes. Jenkins and Johns couldn't equal those guys. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think Jenkins and, and it should have kind of like, you see this happen a lot with directors where it's like, they, they've basically kind of like made their mark on that first movie and it's beloved. And then they want more, they want more, they want to put more of like a stamp on the second movie. And then, and that's what happens. And, and I feel like that's kind of like what happened here. And, and, and Jeff Johns is the last person that you want involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his stock just drops every year. In my it, I mean, I don't, I'm, I can, you know, honestly, it's like, here's the thing. If they ever do a Green Lantern movie, I want them to fucking pull from his stories. 100%. Do I want Jeff Johns involved in the project? No, I don't. <laughs> Do I want them to pull from his stories? Yes. I mean, he, he was involved in the, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, and we all know how that kind of turned out. And he was saying that that was going to be a fantastic movie. I don't know. It's just, I think that Barbara, uh, uh, Patty Jenkins, excuse me, I almost said Barbara Minerva. Patty Jenkins needs to just, stick with the directing and kind of stay out of the story and if she does collaborate in the story she needs to get a better partner than jeff johns yeah you know what i think you know you you asked a really great question brian about what what happened between that that first movie and this movie and i think about stuff in that first movie where like patty jenkins had to fight to keep the no man's land sign um the no man's land scene in the movie i remember that yeah Um, Right. So she fought tooth and nail to keep that scene in because she knew it was crucial to the movie. We know that the studio did not really invest as much time and money into that first movie as they did other projects because they were like, yeah, whatever. And then what happens? That movie, of course, it has its detractors, people that don't care for it. But overall, that movie did so well. People in general, loved that film. And I feel like now the studio is like sending over dump trucks of money to Patty Jenkins' house. Here, do what you want. We want more. And I think it, it, there's all that pressure on her now to be like, I've got to do just as good. And I'm not like laying blame on the studio and saying it's all their fault or laying blame like, like that. But I think there's a lot of factors that contributed to why this script is so overambitious and why it's like so jammed with so many things because it was like, we got to make this, you know, better than that first movie even because now we can do it. But the thing we loved about that first movie was that no man's land scene where she became Wonder Woman and and she stopped being just Diana. And this movie just did not have that. And, and it was Oh, it's just so frustrating because I, I wanted that one moment mm. and I just, yeah, did, 
didn't get it. And mm-hmm. but again, I don't think we should say Patty Jenkins should not direct the third one. I just think she shouldn't write the third one. I agree. Or, yeah. or go back to that first writing team. Bring that first writing team back in and have Patty direct. Have, it. And I think well, have, have a, a great film. Have her. Yeah. Ha- bring that first writing team back and have her be a, a voice as to like. Cause like she sure. was the one that fought for the no man's land scene. Like I think like, but I, as far as like the main creative push and stuff like that, as far as like, uh, the screenplay, I don't, I, yeah, I just, I just don't know if like, that's what I want from, and Jeff Johns definitely not. And I don't know. It's yeah, it's the screenplay. <laughs> screenplay is the biggest problem for me. It really me. is. It really, really is because we've all We've all loved the performances. Like, yes. I don't think any of us has ever been has been said, "Oh, you know, um, Gal Gadot did a bad job," or, or, you, or, or uh, uh, Pedro Pascal was terrible. I loved him. Like, I lo- I actually loved Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I thought he was so much fun for what he was given. I thought he was a lot of fun in this movie. One hundred percent. When he turns on the cheese of like, oh, you yeah. know, you can have it all. Like when he has. You believe him in that moment that he is a snake oil salesman. Like you just – you believe it. Mm-hmm. And everybody did I think great jobs again with what they were given. But I think you you lay a lot of the blame at the screenplay because it's just – there's just too much. There's too Which, much happening. Were you guys bothered by a lot of the globe trotting in this movie too? Just jumping all over all over the world here? <laughs> I wanted like the Indiana Jones map with the red dotted line <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I, I questioned how they refueled their plane to get back home. Right. Uh, yeah. Cause they had enough like, fuel to get to Cairo. Yeah. They had enough fuel to get to Cairo, but like, how did they get back? Also, does the Smithsonian generally keep all of their jets <laughs> yeah. with a full tank of gas and flight ready? Fully, op- fully operational. Well, like, and then Chris oh. Pine just knows how to fly this futuristic piece of technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Steve Trevor gets in there and he's like, oh, here we go. Flip, flip, flip. I'm flying a plane. Yeah, he <laughs> hits like one like- button wrong and then he's like, oh, never mind. Here it is. <laughs> Oh, those rocket boosters? I got this. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, a, it's not a fucking lawnmower. This is a fucking fighter pilot. This is a, fi- it's a jet. This is a modern jet for that time. So, totally, Steve, go ahead. You can totally do this. I'm not even going to worry. Yeah. Like, if you could imagine Steve Rogers, Captain America, having trouble understanding a fucking flip phone, mm-hmm. I, we're supposed to believe that Steve Trevor knows how to fly a jet plane? Well, he's like, he's like, <laughs> after sitting down, he's amazed by an escalator at the mall. So, it, <laughs> what is this dark magic? Like, it's. <laughs> Yeah, one of the deleted scenes is him watching a five-minute YouTube video on how to fly that plane. <laughs> He's like, Hold on, we can't take off yet. There's, we didn't have YouTube back then, Jake. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the eighties <laughs> again. Damn it! <laughs> Flying for dummies. Oh, yeah, another man. thing for me too that I I had heard that they did a different uh, stunt team and stunt coordinator. And so, like, that was one thing I was missing from the first one was how, like, grounded and gritty and badass her fight style and the way she moved. But they got Cirque du Soleil people. Right. But then they, made her, <laughs> they made her one of them. around with her lasso. And I was like, man, I miss – even if you're going to be defensive, I miss you having that, like, warrior stance to it. She was just balleting everywhere. So it makes total sense that they use Cirque because it looked just like it. And that's just not what I want for Wonder Woman and oh, – just 
it's just another thing that just felt like it was kind of they were so worried about all of these things and making this beautiful sequel that they just had a lost track of some of the things that made the first one so good yeah 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 that first one was oh <laughs> my god come back to it. i mean we can always hang our hat on that movie right oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and this no is at the end <laughs> i know and that's that's what that that third act that is a little troublesome but i mean to be honest i mean i will watch wonder woman 1984 again i i'm gonna watch it i will watch it at least one or two more times maybe more um i don't hate this movie there's certainly a lot to not like but i do think that there is i do think that there is heart in this film i do think that there is that that genuineness to diana that we loved in that first movie and i I will continue to agree that Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva puts on an incredible, great performance. And I enjoy watching her. Um, I enjoy watching her struggle with her, um, with her awkwardness. Like when she says, says to Diana, thanks for talking to me. And, and then she's like, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. Like, you see how incredibly shy and awkward she is. And, and certainly I wanted more of that, but I am going to, I do enjoy the performance that I got. I keep going back to like, I enjoy the performance that I got, but it's such a tease as to what could have been. I don't disagree with you there. I don't. I mean, listen, Ashley wrote a great movie in three seconds while we were here recording about give us the whole movie (laughs) of development and then give us cheat in the next film. But I mean, it's for what we got. It's not exactly what I wanted, but Again, it's why I gave it a taste. It. I do think that there is good stuff in this movie to watch. And I, I agree that if you liked the first movie, if you loved the first movie, you should at least watch this one once and make up your own mind. You may agree or disagree, but I think it's worth at least one watch to see what happens in the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of Actually, when we saw Cheetah. Yeah. You know, for the five minutes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it, was, it was it was so CGI. It it took me out of that fight. I wanted to be into it, and I just kept. It was just she's like fighting the CGI cat. I just. Oh. Hey, I let me ask you this question: Are you guys upset at all that basically throughout this movie it's? And I don't know. I mean, maybe this could come up in a later film, but in this movie, it was it was basically her struggle with losing Steve and getting him back and losing him again. But it never felt like it was ever a struggle of her losing her people and never seeing them again. Did that bother you at all that it never came up? Or is that just one more thing that they could throw in this already convoluted movie that had too many things going on in it in two and a half hours that they never did anything spectacularly except for a few things? Is that just one more thing in the mix that could have like ruined this movie? Or is that something that you wanted to see? Like it, it felt like in this movie, like you gotta, you gotta understand, like not only did she lose Steve, but she lost her entire people, all Themyscira. She's lost her mother. She's lost like, you know, and I know like, like, you know, we, we know what happens to NTP and, and, and everything, but like Themyscira still exists. It's still a place and that's, you know, but she's lost it. 
like, and that's not acknowledged in this movie at all. It's that, that, that she misses her people. Is that a, is that something, are, are we glad that they didn't tackle that in this movie? But are we, I think I am. I think it's too much in an already movie that's kind of like got so much going on that it doesn't know how to handle everything that's going on. But on the flip side, it's like there's no acknowledgement of like her not being able to be with her people again. Yeah, I agree with you that it would have been another thing and maybe too much to add. But I also agree with you that it was kind of a glaring absence, too, Mm -hmm. especially with just the way the movie opens. It's hard to not think about that. Right. As as the movie proceeds, I don't know if a throwaway line could have helped that. Here's the thing, Jake. Here's the thing. The whole movie, we're seeing her distance herself from people because people die, right? Well, yeah. she comes from a place where that's not really an issue. Like, you can form relationships and and you can, you know, hang out with other people that are, that, that are like you and they, they'll be around. And, and it's just – but it's not – I don't know. It feels like she's just kind of like, <laughs> as far as I know, what this movie shows me is that she's given that up and she's replaced it with, with where she is now. But on the flip side, she wants to stay in the shadows and not, not form any relationships with anybody. It's so odd. The only thing that like makes you think that she has any sort of kind of like attachment to the past is the fact that she works at the Smithsonian and that's her job. I, 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 I am. No, they they really honestly even in the first movie, like when Diana leaves the island and she's like sneaking off with Steve, and her mother is there and she's like, "You can't ever come back. Like you can't ever be with your sisters again." Like you know, she says her goodbye, but then even in that movie, it's never acknowledged. Like she doesn't ever say anything about it isn't it glaring though is it glaring by the time we get to the sequel (laughs) i think you know what honestly now that you're saying it it it, it is now because i didn't really think about it that much um mostly because i guess i was focused on like how are they going to bring steve back and how is that going to work out and blah 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 but to be honest like i felt like in the i felt like that would be a great that would be a great character trait to give her like, and you don't have to spend a ton of time on it. You can like, she has pictures of all of her human friends and obviously like she doesn't have a photograph of her mother, but like, can you imagine if like she had like a little hand drawn portrait, like on her desk of her mother. Right. And somebody says, Oh, that that's a beautiful woman. You know, who's that? And you know, she could just kind of get like a little sad, a look on her face and be like, Oh, that's my mother. But you know, we're, we're, we've been separated a long time. That could be enough just to acknowledge that what she's given up. Um, maybe in a future movie, they might make that more of a focal point for her. Do the people that she works with at the Smithsonian, are they not kind of like alarmed by the fact that she hasn't aged a day? (laughs) 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 I don't know. I'm getting too nitpicky. I apologize. She has to keep moving around. Museums, you can't, you can't stay too, you can't stay too long. (laughs) Well, I've been here for like 10 years, so I guess it's time to move on, everybody, before you all start realizing I don't get gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man. And it's, what's crazy is like, I think people will listen to some of this and be like, Oh, they're just not fans of wonder woman. And honestly, here's the thing. Um, we all are fans of wonder woman. I think we just all agree that the character and the story deserved in our opinions, a little bit more. If you loved this movie and saw no fault in it, by all means, more power to you. But I think that we're just looking at, we can only comment about how we felt about the movie. And I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody that loved this movie. If you watched it and you loved it and you thought it, it was a perfect movie, my opinion should not sway you or at all. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel any differently about this movie. I, I can, all I can do is comment about how I felt about when I watched it. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. It's crazy how like a first time listener will listen to this and their thoughts did not line up with mine. 100%. There's no value in this podcast. Fuck these guys. One star. <laughs> oh gosh, I hate that attitude yeah. so much. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I'm critiquing it this much because I love it so much. Thank you, exactly. thank you. I love it exactly. so much. It's such a high bar. Like I said, yes. Gal, Gal didn't for like again. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I don't choose houses. I have my loves in DC and, and Marvel, and I, you know. And even for me, like Wonder Woman wasn't, you know, necessarily like my one of my top three heroes or whatever. But what she did in that first movie yes. was so powerful, yeah. so powerful that like, yeah, the bar is so high. And so like if it if it doesn't give me some of those same feelings and I like that No Man's Land movie, even outside of Wonder Woman, yeah. is such an iconic mo- film, like history, like scene it's yeah. just it's so iconic i think i actually saw some article where it was breaking down the like, top hundreds you know film scenes of all time and that was in there for a good reason it was just powerful on an ex- just exceedingly my expectations were just exceeded in such a way that yeah so I'm, I'm gonna be hard on this because i love it so much here's the thing ladies here's the thing ladies and it's sad that we're f- just doing this now that it's taken 40 years but m- us guys We've been dealing with this shit for a long time. Um, and I'm sorry that it's just taking you now 40 years to have to like deal with this, but I'm Jake, we can go back to Superman three, right? I mean, oh, yeah, like Christopher Reeve, in my opinion, Christopher Reeves is like the fucking epitome. He is Superman. And like what he did for those movies was just like, iconic and the way he made like young boys feel watching that movie was just like incredible and then we get superman 3 (laughs) and i'm not comparing this to superman 3 this is in no way as bad as superman 3 but on the flip side you have an actor here playing a character that you know she can play and she you know that she can fucking slay in this role And yet, for some reason, it just doesn't hit as much as, like, previous films that you've seen her in. And we fucking dealt with this (laughs) 
as far as back as Superman three, when we get the Richard Pryor movie and we're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so I just want to like, for all the ladies out there that fucking absolutely love this movie, more power to you. But for the ladies that watch this and are like, oh my God, this is just not as good as the original movie. Uh, Welcome, welcome, yeah. welcome, yeah. welcome to superhero movies. It happens yeah. every once in a while. You'll get Wonder Woman every once in a while. You get Superman one and two, but every once in a while you'll get Superman three. And so yeah. it just, it, it's, it's unfortunate when it happens and hopefully Gal can, can, and Patty can bounce back from this, um, you know, in the next installment. Yeah, I, I just want to echo what Ashley's saying is like, I am so critical because I love this character so much. And yeah, seeing, I, I can clearly remember opening night on Wonder Woman, that, that first movie, seeing the movie in the theater on the big screen and having tears in my eyes because thinking this is, this, she is Wonder Woman. She is her. Like there, and, and that's no shade on Linda Carter because I grew up watching the Linda Carter series and I loved the Linda Carter series. That was a formative part of my childhood. But like seeing Gal on screen, full Wonder Woman costume with the bracelets, walking through no man's land, just the bullets ricocheting and she puts the tiara on and, and the whole thing is just that, that, she she was Wonder Woman. That was it. And it gives me chills just thinking about right? it. Right? Oh it gives my me gosh. Chills when she's such... taking off the thing and climbing up those oh, stairs and, and when she's walking started. across. It's it just like... we did not get that scene in this movie. No, and and then even even this this felt like, hold on. I'm I'm gonna piss off some people here. <laughs> It felt like when she fucking used the bracelets in this against Minerva and it didn't work, it was like, it was like Ryan Johnson directed that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I wrong? You're not wrong. That was disappointing to watch her use. And I get why, because she was losing her powers and all that, but like. Not even a little bit, but not even a little. I know. I nothing, nothing, nothing. It was like it was like the bracelets were a fart. Yeah, it hurt. It (laughs) fucking it hurt as a viewer because we loved that in the first movie. I know. I I I wish we would have gotten a redemption scene of that. I wish. Yes. Yes. Right. In that final fight, when Cheetah's coming at her and she does the bracelet, but she uses works. she uses a downed cable, which we all know from the GI Joe episodes. The more you know, you got to stay away from those fucking downed That's power right, lines. That's what GI Joe's. Fucking between between oh, GI Joe and fucking uh, Louis the Electric Bug, <laughs> the Electric Lightning Bug, we knew to stay away from those fucking downed uh, power lines. Yeah, there was just missed opportunities here to ca- to really just give us those same feels of of that first movie and and not that i i want this movie to be a cookie cutter of that first film of course not that's the whole point is i want to see growth in the character and i want to see how diana changes how she moves forward how she um comes into her own even more how she is even more powerful and and yes she learns how to fly and that's great um that's not a no man's land scene. Mm-mm. It's just not. I uh, anyway, yeah. 
Oh man, we had flashes though, like when she stops the bullet with the lasso, sure. and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's awesome!" So good that I that whole I I could seriously see myself going back and just rewatching that whole caravan scene like a yeah. couple of times, like just watching that a few times is just so good. And then like seeing Steve all in the action is fun mm-hmm. too, because you know, in especially like in that in that first film, you know, nobody really knows what she can do. Um, until she, you know, shows them. Now Steve knows what she oh, can yeah. do, even though she's like a little depowered. But He's shocked Steve that knows. she can't. She can't break that lock. <laughs> I right? know he was like, "Oh, tough lock!" Like, <laughs> so yeah, he he knows what she's capable of, and and and. Even when she's being depowered and he's worried about her, like, you might fall, you might this, you might that. Um, he doesn't ever stop her and, like, I, I forbid you to do – like, he doesn't pull that stupid card, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I love that because Patty Jenkins stays true to keeping Steve Trevor in that secondary role. Like, he never steps over the line to become the hero of this story yeah, because it, it's not his place to do that. And I feel like we get that because Patty Jenkins is the director. And I um, love that we never get a Steve Trevor that's intimidated by a woman – that is stronger than him. No, he never. Nope. He's he never. He, it's never. It's never. It right. never. It never fucking. Yes. It never fucking is like a, a knock on his masculinity and stuff no. like that. He's they still can be teammates, and they can they can both have their own strengths. And there's like this this beautiful like inherent trust between them. Absolutely. Yeah, right? And here's the thing: like you're talking about seventy plus years now that he's been gone, and he yeah. is still the epitome epitome of like what a man should be in her mind. Right. Yeah. That's that says a lot. And and I just I love their relationship. It's like they like slipped right back into how they were like he would support her. They would compliment each other. He's not intimidated or 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 angered that, you know, she's so powerful and he's not. And, you know, that's that's what's so great about his character. And I think Chris Pine does a great job of playing a very good Steve Trevor of playing a Steve who's happy to be in the background, but happy to fight by her side when needed and, and know the difference, know when, which is the appropriate time. And, and I just, yeah, he does a great job in that role. They totally (laughs) fucked right in that apartment. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Hundo. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> and then he like starts talking and it sounds like the other guy and she's like, shh, no. I love how the other guy was a slob and Steve is like, I spent most of yesterday morning cleaning up this guy's fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, that, that was hilarious. Yeah, just I, his I apartment like, was well done. Yeah, I like that he just cleaned the bedroom. Because he knew what was going to happen when he found that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, great point. Because <laughs> like, I don't like cleaning the bathroom. Hit, hit. Priorities. <laughs> oh, and, and, yeah. and as for bringing him back, I'm still a fan of some kind of alternate timeline where, like, a Green Lantern ring comes to him right in that moment. And he, like, disappears ah. and has been a Green Lantern this whole time. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love dreams. it. When we, how great, like, I wouldn't be mad about how Howard and I'd be like, yeah, Steve Trevor, done. He's Had fucking to. He's fucking Earth 2's fucking yes. Hal Jordan. I love yes. it. Yeah. Amazing. Steve Trevor. Really pilot. Like like and like then it. we get to have him back. Like... Oh God! Yes, 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 yes. If you go back and listen to previous episodes of PCL, and there, I mean, I talk at 
length about how much I wanted Chris Pine to be a Green Lantern. <laughs> I mean, there was a comic book. There was a comic book that came out and the cover looked like Chris Pine's face. <laughs> and it was a Green Lantern comic book. And I was like, are they doing it? Are we going to get Chris Pine as Green Lantern? I wanted it so bad. You're 100% right. I would love that. I would love, I would not stop that from happening at all. Of course, I, I want John Stewart. I want John Stewart, but man, Chris Pine as a Green Lantern would be fantastic. Like, what if John Stewart's your main? And then, yeah, like, it's like an Earth 2 thing where, like, just Steve comes back as kind of just another supporting kind of role in whatever it is. Fuck or- it. Go all out. Give me Idris Elba. Give me, give me Idris Elba as fucking, yeah, he's done with Heimdall for all, you know, he might show up in the Loki series for all we know. But, like, anyway, he's done with Heimdall in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Fucking make him John Stewart. Let's do it. And fucking bring back Chris Pine as Green Lantern. I'd love it. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love it. I would love it. Oh my god! Any? I I don't know. I, I do you guys have any final thoughts that you want to talk about Wonder Woman? I know we've only been going for two hours. It's just I want to know. Like, do you have any final thoughts? I was pleasantly surprised by Pedro's uh, performance. I will say, like again, some of the trailer stuff. I was like, okay, he's gonna go over a little bit over the top, but like I fully believed in his like yeah. Like I fully like when he he really went for those like yeah my eyes like <laughs> bleeding and like my ears are bleeding like, he just really went for it and even in that last scene where he's just like going to town and like your wish is granted your wish like yeah he went fucking full Oprah <laughs> he went Oprah <laughs> and you get a wish and you get a wish granted and you get a wish granted like I I was I I felt like he it, I thought it was gonna be too much and he was gonna be so cheesy that I was gonna be like annoyed by him but. I thought he was great. So he's just had a hell of a year. Yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, he was great. I have to say, I was a big detractor when I heard the casting of Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Um, I clearly remember being who, on who would you have video. wanted? Who would you have wanted real quick? Oh, gosh. Um, Charlize Theron? Maybe like Charlize Theron or um, somebody like... Um, what oh, about shit? I'm blanking on her name. Vanessa um, Kirby. What about Vanessa Kirby? Vanessa Kirby. I think I even may have said Vanessa Kirby at some point. I I would have loved Vanessa Kirby as Cheetah. I think she would have done a great job. Um, my fear when they cast Kristen Wiig was that she was going to be too funny in the role, and and I I clearly remember being on an episode of PCL and saying that like keep her away from my Wonder Woman film. I don't want her in it and. And I was, I will eat a hundred percent crow and humble pie and anything else that, and I'll say that I was wrong. She was great in that role and it was great casting. Second. that. I was, I was, I was surprised too. Um, I mean, I, I know what she can do. I loved, uh, her dramatic stuff. I mean, she's always funny, but I loved her dramatic stuff in the Skeleton Twins. And I'm not saying like there weren't funny moments in Skeleton Twins because there were. Anytime you get her and Bill Hader together, there's going to be some fucking hysterical fucking shit going on in those movies. But, um, yeah, I, th- I, I thought she was really good. I just wish they would have given her more. I wish it would have sure. been her movie. So, Jake, any final thoughts? Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm honestly, once I realized that this was going to be beat for beat, the story that we read almost a year ago, 
I'm surprised I found as much to enjoy from this movie mm-hmm. that I did. Yeah. So I, if hearing that what we talked about ends up being true is a reason for you to not watch this movie, I implore you to still watch the movie and give it a chance. There's there's plenty to enjoy and like here, regardless of a Swiss cheese plot. I yeah, I know we sounded super negative, but like on the flip side, there's enough here that I did enjoy, but. I can nitpick it. I can nitpick it. Absolutely. Sure. I can nitpick it and I can find fault with it. And um, I hope we get... Uh, I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman 3 still in a modern day story. I want something that's going to push the story forward for the character, though. God damn it. So that's what 100%. I want. Give me a story where Diana grows and pushes her story forward and oh god yes i just that's what i want i just want we deserve the character deserves a better film and and we as fans of the character want that for her because we love her we love the character i i love the actress i love the character and they deserve better And, and that's what i want i want a better film for her hey guess what ladies you know what you got you got a fucking sequel before Superman. Does that not blow your mind, though, ladies? Come on. It does. We got a sequel before the Flash movie came out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, Superman came out in 2013. We They haven't even announced Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill. No. Yeah. Well, we did the second season of Witcher before that. <laughs> <laughs> we might get Man of Uncle too before we get that. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I don't know. I don't. I. I guess. I guess. Final thoughts on Wonder Woman is polish the script up. Make sure you come out with this third movie. Polish the script. Make sure you give us something that, uh, I don't know, that actually has some, from what I feel like, some real stakes going forward in the, in the DC cinematic universe for Wonder Woman. I don't care if it fucking has stakes as far as like going forward when it comes to like anything going, like, you know, Justice League related for the bigger universe, but I just, I do want a story that fucking has like, you know, uh, stakes and consequences and, and actually pushes the story of Wonder Woman along a little further, for crying out loud. I felt like, I don't know, this just didn't do it for me. And uh, yeah, it's a low taste it for now. I, I don't see my, I've waffled on my rating from taste it to low taste it. I think I've 100% settled on a low taste it at the end of the day. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Like what? What's up? You had one job, you guys. Just make a really good Wonder Woman sequel. I know. I know. Like, like after a really good one, you just had to like do more of that. But like in the eighties, apparently. So come on. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, it's rough. But we did get we did get we did we did get Cheetah in yoga pants. So there we go. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> 
him so we could just see how strong she was. Oh, yeah. And she can walk in heels now. Yay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yay. I want to thank, I want to thank our guests. I want to thank Ashley. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming back. I, I didn't know when. I had no idea. I thought you'd be coming back a lot sooner for this one. And then it got pushed back, pushed back. I, thank you for coming back for this episode. You were fantastic. Oh man, absolutely. I, uh, it's like talking with old friends. So this was great. Good to have some good, uh, talking with adults instead of just my dogs. So, uh, <laughs> all day. It's very, isn't it very, it's like therapeutic after you see a movie where you finally get to talk yeah. to people about it, you know? Absolutely. Especially, especially one of this caliber, right? Like, in a, in a year where we didn't get a lot. Yeah. I think it also puts extra pressure on this to be like, to, to be that. Would this have been, hold on, one more question. Would this have been better had you guys seen this in the movie theater? No. <laughs> I think it might have been worse for me. I think um, the spotty CGI yeah. might have been a bit more glaring on a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. As much as I was willing to wait to see this like on IMAX, mm-hmm. on IMAX screen for the first time, um, I, I think about how some of the effects were, and I was like, oh, maybe it's good I didn't see this in IMAX for the first time. Um, I, I missed the experience, like the theater experience, but I don't think it would have made the movie any better for me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. IMAX doesn't fix those plot holes. No. <laughs> it doesn't. It's very true. Oh, my God, Jake. We've got some big – next week we're doing the Tupperwares, the Tuppies, and it's like – it's like we've got to make the decision of comic book movie of the year. <laughs> What's this up against? Birds um, of Prey? New Mutants, Birds of Prey, Bloodshot. Mm, shit. I know. I, I'm smelling a Bloodshot win. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, man. Spoilers. Re- Rebecca, it's always fucking wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was absolutely a treat to talk about this film with with the three of you. And and thank you, thank you again for letting me be on. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked at like the at this episode. I going in, I would have thought that everyone was going to give this a Tupperware, but me. And I was like, I'm going to be the lone wolf on this. <laughs> I was honestly. Right before you started, I was sitting here with my mic on mute going, don't pick me first. Don't pick me first. Because I was afraid to say, not afraid to say to, like, it's my truth. I'm going to try to be as honest as I can. But then my fear was the same fear. Everyone else was going to be like, this is a Tupperware. And I ruined it for not making it a Tupperware also. But. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I also was afraid everybody else like loved this movie and I was just being too critical of it. Do you know, here's the, I'll be honest with you. The reason I picked you first is because I thought you were going to Tupperware this movie. Oh, and you know. The reason I picked yeah. Jake first, uh, second was because I thought Jake was going to high taste it. And I think like the only person I had no idea that was the wild card was Ashley in this one for me. And you all, you all surprised me. Yeah, look at that. Well, and I, and uh, like, on my first watch, I was like, oh man, uh, <laughs> I did not love this as much as I wanted. 
but this is this is the other thing. My first watch was a little weird because it was on Christmas Day, and I actually like I was halfway through. My mom ended up calling. I talked to her for a while and came back to it. So I was like, okay, maybe the taste it was because it was interrupted, and so watched it again, and it was just just as not <laughs> compelling as I wanted it to be. And um, and again, just a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> like just oh, just I want it to be good. I wanted to be good. I yeah, and like as soon as it started lining up with the the spoilers that I had given everybody a year ago, I was just like, "No, it's happening!" Wow. <laughs> but honestly, like Jake, you said it, Jake, when you were like, even though we knew what was happening in this movie, I think it still came out even better than like the spoilers, right? Yeah, just hearing the, the plot beat for beat on paper doesn't do justice to the good things that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Once I realized yeah. what was happening, I, I vocally said, oh, no, out loud. Listen to this. <laughs> Listen to this. This this is straight from the spoiler post that I was sending everybody a year ago. Listen. Later, it's Christmas time with snow on the ground and decorations everywhere. Diana walks in a plaza square, seeing people being kind to each other. A stranger says something to her. It's the man Steve was inhabiting. He's nice. They wish each other happy holidays as he walks away. It's... Wow. It's it's like detailed. Yes. It's verbatim how it all went down. Did you know that Gal Gadot's family is in that scene, her husband and her two kids? Oh, really? Yeah. Her... I didn't know that. Her two daughters, um, one's nine and one's two. Alma's nine and Maya's two are in that scene. And then her husband, um, uh, Yaron Varsano, he's a 45-year-old real estate developer. Her husband is in that scene as well. So her, it was very important for her to have um, her family make a make an appearance in this movie and they made an appearance in that final scene so oh, i think that's so sweet yeah. i i also love how her her younger daughter maya she was pregnant with her when she did reshoots for that first <gasps> wonder woman film you're right yeah she, they actually had to cgi out her pregnant belly that it was it was clearly obvious and they had to they had to cgi it out um just another amazing thing. She was growing a person while doing flippity doos. I mean, come on. Yeah. She is Wonder and, Woman. And apparently, <laughs> when, because of stunts in this movie, she had some kind of like hernia and had to have surgery right before all of the press. So all of the press she did was all standing up because she had just had surgery on her abdomen and was oh, like wow. out there doing all the things and nobody knew because she is Wonder Woman. My, I, hold on. I wish I could see this movie in, with the uh, rosy colored glasses that yeah. Patty Jenkins made it with. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Because I think she's still like, she. you can see what she was trying to do, but then it's mm. if you take the glasses off and see it for what it is, and you're like, it's just not that. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I um, also want to point out that Maya was a, an animated bee in a Nickelodeon series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do, do you remember that, Jake? Do you remember Maya the Bee? Yes. <laughs> it was a terrible show. <laughs> no, yeah, it was not good. It was terrible. No, but I, you know what? Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to get it right for Wonder Woman 3. 
What do you think? What do you think, Jake? What do you think? Are, I, I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think Patty will hear the criticisms yeah. and reevaluate and adjust. Okay. I think she's a competent enough writer slash director to not just double down on I, the things that people didn't like from this movie. I'm worried if she's checked out and she's already thinking about Rogue Squadron and she's done with this. That's what I'm worried about. I'm, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want her to be checked out of Wonder Woman right now. I want all of her attention on making a kick-ass Star Wars movie. Sure. And then to come back with fresh eyes. Yeah. yeah. And do Wonder Woman. So, yeah. I, I. It's hard to not be worried. I mean, usually movies just get worse and worse and worse as you do more sequels. I mean, that's usually how it works. You know, more often than not, it's they don't get better each movie. Hmm. Rebecca, where can people find you? Hello? Not here. Not here. <laughs> Everybody, I think Rebecca, I don't know. Not at the end of the episode. Not at the end of the episode. She's lost. She's lost on us. We need... Can, we, can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry wow. about that. I'm happy to my headphones. Um, I feel like we're in that fucking uh, 1990s Verizon commercial. Can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you can hear me on the Picard cast, which is the Star Trek podcast that I do with my good friend, Brooke. Uh, you can also hear me on she and the Podcast of Power. I also do that with Brooke and our mutual friend, Cindy, and uh, number one comic books that I do with Brian, Joe, and Rod. Which we haven't done since June. That is very true. Um, but I'm sure that we'll record an episode uh, at some point. <laughs> we, hopefully we'll be coming back. Uh, everybody, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with the Toppies. See ya. Later, guys. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Ready like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it taste Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture Push over pop culture